Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, mates, before we start the show, I just wanted to quickly jump in and let you know that our great friends at Stupid Old Studios, uh, where we record, we've recorded most of these uh, podcasts at, they are moving and they're trying to raise some funds to help make this happen um, with an Indiegogo campaign. Uh, There'll be a link to this in the show notes. Uh, If you feel like you can kick in a bit, That'd be great. Yeah, do go on. We just we wouldn't exist without Stupid Old Studios and they help out so many other Melbourne comedians and comedy groups and from up and comers to people that are absolutely smashing it all around the world. They help out so many people and uh, we love them dearly. So if you've got anything that you can throw in there to help them move, uh, that'd be great. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky, and as always, I'm here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Hello, Dave. Hello, Matt. Hey, Jess. Hey, Dave. Hey, great to be here with both of you, but also a very special guest is joining us this week, known here as the fourth Beatle. It is Nick Mason. Hello. Thank you. Bringing the Ringo Star energy. Just <laughs> yeah. a bad attitude. I'm sick of dealing with the fans. <laughs> Just... Leave me alone, but peace and love. But stop talking to me. Don't approach me in the street. Peace and love. <laughs> you know he's like that now? Yeah. You know Ringo Starr's like that now? Yeah, because he's an old man. here. Yeah. You live old long enough, you have the right to tell people, I don't have time for you anymore. Am I Paul then? Paul, Paul's the most versatile. <laughs> oh, let's figure he's it out the, right the now. The cute one. He's lefty. Paul's the best lefty. one. Yeah, he's obviously the most longevity. My I saw dad, as a young man, looked like Paul McCartney, so there's some genetic mm, there you connection there too. <laughs> I saw an article yesterday. I had the clickbait title, uh, "Which is the richest beetle?" <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, obviously you're ruling out the two dead ones <laughs> straight off the straight bat. off the bat. Then you got. I mean, let's be honest, Ringo. I didn't re- need to read the article, but I checked. It um, was Paul. Yeah, it's gonna it be Paul. Yeah, right. yeah. That even was though an technically easy one. he's also dead, but. <laughs> technically, technically, technically. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of technicality there. <laughs> Remember, he had bare feet in that photo. Yeah, obvious. Obviously dead. Confirmed. Mm. <laughs> now it's great to have you here, uh, Meso. This is—it's a wonderful time of year. Are you aware that this 
is block. It's the the biggest and best time of year. It's the yeah. the biggest topics, yep. the most controversial takes on those topics. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wow. You you guys will say anything. Yeah, we've yeah. got some opinions. Yeah, that's right. You do your own research. Yeah. <laughs> well, we do. That's true. <laughs> and then you and then you get out here and you uh, let everybody know. Blocktober, aka Hot Take Tober. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, right. Where we leave nothing to the imagination. Mm. That's right. I got my dick out. <laughs> 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 and we keep asking him not to, but he's like, but nope. It's that time of year. I know you're imagining it, and we can't have that. And then you keep saying my eyes are up here, like you're not part of the problem. <laughs> oh, okay. But your T-shirt says my dick's down here, so mixed messages, <laughs> I think. My confusing. eyes are just going up and down. Yeah, up and that's down. right. <laughs> now, so what we've done- it's a hard rock T-shirt, so I'm, so I'm always looking at it, wondering what city you got it in. So... So, for the uninitiated, the people that might be joining f- from the power of the fourth Beatle, Nick Mason, what we've done is we put a poll out. Matt put a massive poll out. A hundred topics. Dave, you don't know what you're saying, yeah. mate. Dave, <laughs> Dave, Dave Waterkey. So, Matt Dave. put his massive poll out and then we got people to vote for what topics they want us to talk about and we're counting down the top seven most requested. That's right. What are we up to, number four? Four. Four. This is the fourth best, fourth beetle. Whoa, very nice. You've been you've been involved in block before. You you did a report on the Ninja Turtles. It was maybe so last long year. that that topic. Yeah, so long ago and so long. Some people are still listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, he's still talking about that cartoon, is he? <laughs> what have we what have we had so far this year, Dave? We've had John Wayne Gacy, the Killer Clown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we had. Uh, double J- episode about JFK. Yep. His life and then his tragic death. Then we had the money pit. It's been a real variety of topics so far. Yeah, the Oak Island mystery but last week. It's back to me for another uh, report, uh, this block. Another great report, Matt. And the way, well, we'll see. The way we uh, get on a topic is with a question, even mm-hmm. though I'm pretty sure you three know what the topic is. I'll ask it anyway. Let's see who's the best actor here. What mythical underwater kingdom Ooh. has been portrayed hundreds of times in pop culture, including on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <gasps> SpongeBob SquarePants, <gasps> and MacGyver? Oh. Oh. Underwater kingdom. Underwater. There's an underwater now. Yes. So there's water. I'm familiar with water. Yes. So We're this kingdom, water. this kingdom is we? under the sea. Yes. Mm. What's the James Bond underwater? Water. Thunderball. Thunderball. Is it Thunderball? I've already told the listeners you know what it is. So let's no, it's the other I, one. It's I'm actually um, sitting right next to Matt and can see his computer. Oh, so, yeah. so it's and computer? <laughs> <laughs> computer. Matt, is it Atlantis? It is Atlantis. I was going to say that. Well, I just I got in first and therefore on the tally I get one for I get a point. It's interesting that this one has come in at number four on the poll because mm. norm, every other topic so far has had like 10 plus people suggest it. This one's only had three people suggest it. So I'm not even sure how it made it into the poll. Wow. Oh. It must have been due to the power of one of our uh, Patreon supporters. But as uh, an idea, it's very compelling. At least. Yeah. 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 Like, wanna, is it real? Is it not real? It's very vague too. Ooh, you know? yeah. like, there's quite yeah. a lot you could talk about. I imagine that would have been a bit of a nightmare. Well, it was a nightmare <laughs> to, to figure out what to talk about. Um, so hopefully... Uh, everyone's left disappointed. Do you think, the, do you think, do you think fan, big fans of Atlantis have some very specific opinions about Atlantis? I would, I would imagine. I, there definitely are, yeah. I finished with a YouTube comment, so oh, great. Um, <laughs> I look forward to that. A bit of sizzle for oh, the end. Wow. Of That's an interesting and source. Some strong opinions. When I only saw it right at the end, I'm like, I want to do my own research about this, <laughs> which is basically what the comment was asking us to do. But oh. um, the people who have suggested it officially into the hat 
uh, Lucinda Spiliopoulos from Melbourne, Hilary McKay from Wellington, and Rich Compo from Washington. Rich, Rich Compo. <laughs> <laughs> what a payout. What a payout. <laughs> I think Rich might have been the patron who, who would have had the power to put it into this vote. Rich, Amazing. if you're out there and listening, come to Melbourne. Just tell people your name. You you will not pay for a drink the entire time you're here. G'day, I'm Rich Compo. I'm Lolly, but you are, mate. <laughs> did, did you put it in the list because he gave you some Rich Compo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, a good little Bunsen. I reckon this comes up every time his name comes up. <laughs> yeah, probably. Sorry, Rich. What a great name, Rich. Great name. Uh, so, shall we begin? Yes. So, Atlantis, the mysterious island nation that sunk under the sea. It's been the subject of fascination for more than 2,000 years, so... What's its deal? <laughs> the earliest. Known- I don't like this editorialising already. I don't like it. I don't like this informal style. Yuck! Yuck! Stick to the facts. Yeah. The earliest known references to Atlantis comes in the writings of famed Athenian philosopher Plato in his dialogues Timaeus and Critias uh, from around 360 BC. Apologies for any and all pronunciations in this episode. Uh, according to history.com, <laughs> by the character of Critias, Plato describes Atlantis as an island larger than Libya and Asia Minor put together, located in the Atlantic just beyond the Pillars of Hercules, generally assumed to mean the Strait of Gibraltar. Right, so, so that's, specific, that's massive. Yeah, it's a, hu- it's a huge island. Um, basically a, a, a small continent. Uh, uh, yeah, Wow. wow. I think I saw somewhere around the size of Texas, some people. But, I mean, these are all estimates based on what they thought those places were at the time. Right. 360 BC. So, it's it's still slightly vague, but it's very big. And also, at the time, people counted by saying one too many. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, it was like small, medium size, the size of Asia. (laughs) The side size of Asia. Yeah. It's huge. And then, and at the time, they're like, well, that's the entire world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, it's pretty big. It's huge. Uh, According to the text, back in those days, Earth was divided up amongst the gods. Athena looked after Athens, for instance, which makes some sense. And Ah. Atlantis was allotted to Poseidon. Oh, not Atlanta. Yeah, it makes Mm. a lot. That doesn't make as much sense. You familiar with Poseidon? Yeah. Australia, Paul Hogan. Yeah. (laughs) He presided over it in ancient times. That's that's our god. Yeah. Hogs, I think. Hogs, that's right. (laughs) Uh, Poseidon fell in love with a human named Cleto, and together they had a bunch of kids. Five sets of twin boys, oh to be exact. Oh, my God, what a nightmare. Whoa, one question. Oh, five boys would be enough. Five mm. sets of twins. Oh, my mm. God, that house would stink. Yeah. Oh, us twins smellier than normal. Normal. Just normal. As normies. normal normies. Smellier than normies. No, just that they're so... It, I mean, twins literally doubles the amount of people right, you're dealing with. Twice as much mm. poop. Teenage boys. Oh, my God, they reek. Sorry if you're a teenage boy, but... Bloody hell, have a shower. Jeez, I bet they were sitting down have a listen to a podcast not realising they were going to be attacked. <laughs> Jeez Louise. My nightmare is just having like a bunch of boys. You know, I was once a teenage boy. Oh my God, yuck. I still am. <laughs> uh, so the eldest of these uh, boys, which doesn't make sense if they were five sets of twins, but anyway, I guess he was born just before his brother. <laughs> kind of like Steve War, Mark War style, Mark War's junior. Yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I was out a minute first, earlier, so yeah. I'm, the oldest, I'm the oldest boy. So twins yeah. really hold on to that. Mm. Get over it, Is twins. That, can I just say? If you're you... listening on it right now, one earbud, <laughs> yeah. you're sharing a set of headphones, yeah. get over it, both get of you. Get over it. <laughs> yeah. Live your life. God. 
Yeah, I mean, no it, one cares. In a different world, you know, it could have been the other way around. It's just luck. Yeah. Mm. Who knows what happened there? There's a reason Dugan's never done an episode just on twins. Because who cares? <gasps> yeah. I bet. I bet you're <laughs> the person when you're both trying to go through a doorway, you like rush through. Yeah, yeah. First, yeah. that's essentially all you've done. Well, guess From what? The womb. No, nobody in that room wants to see you. So yeah. don't don't bother. <laughs> I tell you what, if you're a teenage boy twin, you yeah. are weeping right now. Yeah. You're they didn't come rich. here to be attacked. Well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm sorry, Matt. I'm just keeping it real. Oh, wow. If you're a royal twin, yes, does the lineage go to the the twin oh. that comes out like possibly seconds or if not minutes before the next? Oh. Or is it double kings? Is it a double king oh, situation? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Is that what a rat king is? Oh. Have there been have there been royal twins? Like surely at some point, right? That's a pretty. I good can't poker think of hand. any royal twins. Yeah. Um. What about Prince William and Prince Harry? Yeah, yeah. The, mm-hmm. oh, how do we miss that famous example? That's right there it is. <laughs> yeah. What about Jedwood? Jedwood, oh, Jed and Wood. I don't really know much about what that is, but <laughs> no they idea. seem to have a royal vibe, though, don't yeah. they? They wear fancy outfits. I think, I think are they the kings of Ireland. Yes, yes. Or Eurovision, something like that. That's right. Same thing. <laughs> I don't know if that doesn't make any sense. So anyway, the eldest was <laughs> not at- everything can be gold during Boxtober. That's Blocktober, true. You just you know? throw stuff out. Throw see what sticks. That's right. See if this joke's al dente. If yeah, I'd love, maybe we get a. Are you rebranding Jess as some sort of ethnic comedian? No, you know how you throw past, you throw spaghetti at the wall, and if it sticks, it's al dente. Yeah, it's not. It's kind of ruined as a meal, though, isn't it? <laughs> you just throw the whole thing. You throw the whole thing. <laughs> Let me just see. It was cooked oh, ready. Now let me test the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I tried it with a mud cake and it does not work. Now, now all five sets of twins get to licking that wall. Be grateful for what you get, kids. Now, kids, get licking. Licking spaghetti off a wall. That's living. <laughs> Sorry, the oldest twin was Atlas. Uh, this oh. isn't the same Atlas who holds up the heavens and the sky. Okay. The one that maybe the, the map book's named after. Um, in the Plato text, Atlantis was named in his honour. Atlantis Nessos translates to Atlas's island. Uh, in the, in this text, he also says that the Atlantic Ocean and stuff, all of that was named after this Atlas, but it seems like it's actually named after the holding up the heavens. Yeah, this Atlas. sounds like a conversation Plato had with somebody and he's just winging it. They're like, oh, so the Atlantic Ocean also named after Atlas? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you know well, that, it. Yeah, I'm Plato. I know everything. Because <laughs> that's what that's the the writing is. It's a dialogue. It, he's got like four four or five <laughs> characters, and that's how it goes. It's just a conversation that's. And been then I down. said, and then I said, yeah, the Atlantic Ocean is named after Atla- <laughs> Atlas, and then everyone clapped. It's a true story. <laughs> and then they they said, "You're a hero, and I love yeah. you." And I said, "Thank you." Were Plato's dialogues the original podcast? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, just, wow. just spinning his wheels. <laughs> And people care now. A lot of blagging. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Don't no, forget to like and subscribe <laughs> to these stone tablets. <laughs> uh, Atlas inherited the Atlantean kingdom before passing it on to his firstborn son, who passed it on to his firstborn son, who passed it on to his firstborn son, and so on for many generations. Plato, via Critias, the, the dialogue guy, then talks about how virtuous the Atlanteans were, as they were direct descendants of a god, saying, quote, For many generations, as long as the divine nature lasted in them, I should say this has been translated. <laughs> Plato didn't say it in English. Uh, for many generations, as long as the divine nature lasted in them, 
They were obedient to the laws and well affectioned towards the God, whose seed they were. For, the possess, for they possessed true and in every way great spirits, uniting gentleness with wisdom in the various chances of life and in their intercourse with one another. Oh, no. So they're inbreeding. I don't know if intercourse means boning there, but I'd like to think it does. <laughs> Wait, what? <Would> no. <laughs> I'd like to think... This is a paragraph... I didn't take any of this in. I've read it multiple times. But, yeah, it's basically saying, you know, when they had the godliness in them, they were real good people. They just passed it down, one generation to another. But yeah. they were diluting it with every generation right. because it was... You know, it was a half god married a full human, so the next generation it's a quarter god, mm. and a, oh, no. you know what I mean? Yeah, and then you then you get people, you know, a few generations down the line being like, yeah, I'm actually one sixteenth. <laughs> yeah, like Matt, one sixteenth was Italian. Yeah, mm, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm one sixteenth. I can throw pasta up against the wall. It's cool. Yeah, Don't worry about it. <laughs> My penne is molto bene, <laughs> and I can say that. Talking about your pasta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Plato goes on. They despise everything but virtue. Jeez, I've seen a lot of myself in, in <laughs> the Atlanteans. Mm. Caring little for their present state of life and thinking lightly of the possession of gold and other property, which seemed only to burden them. Neither were they intoxicated by luxury, nor did wealth deprive them of their self-control, but they were sober and saw clearly that all these goods are increased by virtue and friendship with one another. Oh, so they're really wasting a private island. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, yeah. these are not the type of people that yeah, have, yeah. should have a they're private They're outside island. the three-mile limit. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, that's no right. laws out there. Technically, international waters on yeah. all sides. That's Ooh. right. They're Get by international waters. <laughs> they don't sound cool so far. They sound like... Nerds. Just nerds, exactly yeah, nerds. Probably, oh, we don't care for gold. We just care for being virgins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nah, get some gold and yeah, some roots. Yeah. Get the, the two things roots. that are important. Golden roots. Yeah. Oh, now we're talking. Well, I think I think you're going to enjoy <gasps> the direction they travel in. Ooh. Uh, according to Willie Dry, writing for the National Geographic. <laughs> I'm sorry, <Willie> Dry. <laughs> Speaking of virgins. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should have seen that one coming. <laughs> Willie Dry. He didn't. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by that? I'll do one. <laughs> so according to Willie Dry. William, William Dry. Uh, play, yeah, he knows what he's doing. He'd yeah, go by yeah, William yeah. otherwise or Billy. Yeah. Mm. yeah. We know what you're up to, Willie. But then maybe he knows people would reverse engineer it. They'd be like, Bill Dry. Oh, like Willy Willy Dry. Dry. Oh, yeah. So he's just claiming it. Yeah, he's yeah. Clear, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. own it. Yeah. I respect that. Uh, anyway, according to Damp him, Dick, that's me. <laughs> that's what they call me. If, yeah, the ironic Aussie nickname would be Wet Balls or something. <laughs> something, something classic like that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, according to him, Plato people, wrote, people, there's no way for people to know this, but there is an Australian cricketing legend currently in the building. We should go downstairs and ask him how he how he feels about wet balls as yeah. a nickname. You you, do one? you rate that? You rate wet balls? Anyway, Willie Dry wrote that Plato wrote that the founders of Atlantis created a utopian civilization and became a great naval power. Their home was made up of concentric islands separated by wide moats and linked by a canal. I had to write that out phonetically because canal is maybe my hardest word to pronounce. As opposed to, is it different to a canal? Got him. Ah. Got him, Dave. <laughs> you got him. Yeah. I really struggled with that word and I wrote canal, but it's, what, how do you say it? Canal? Canal. canal. So it, it's as written. 
the Suez Canal. Man, that that's so funny. I mean, this is late last night. Uh, when I'm having this conversation with myself, but that's so funny that I, I phonetically be- wrote it because wrong. Because you said that, I genuinely wasn't razzing you. I was like, oh, th- is that different? No. And I thought you were making, making a point of it being I, no canal. canal. Oh, man, that is funny. Look forward to uh, people laughing you at you. Inadvertently got him a ripper. Yeah, I got you. It's actually pronounced canal. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the that's the <laughs> hole I don't want to fall into. Um, Willie Dry. <laughs> so, so it's yeah. This oh, he's he's he describes it's a lot of circles. It's a fun looking place. Hmm. Uh, the lush islands contain gold, silver, and other precious metals, and supported ab- an abundance of rare exotic wildlife. There was a great capital city in a, on the central island. So all, all the all the twins got different sections of the island and stuff, and they all sort of ruled them separately. And and to be clear, Plato is just making this up. Uh yeah. Well, that's that's probably the main theory. Yeah, because <laughs> he's like, yeah, and it's it's very well built, and there's like gold and oh, jewels, it's, and it's like so cool. And everybody's really clever, like me, <laughs> and they want me to live there. But I live with you, the gross. Dirty mud people. I hate you all. That is kind of right. But he also, I mean, he, he, he's using them supposedly as a sort of a, an allegory. Ah, that's, that's the a main... A platonic ideal, if you will. Exactly. Mm. Um, so, like I was saying before, the first generation, half God, half human, and then they slowly, the godliness is diluted as the generations go on. And soon... They were conquering other lands such as Egypt and Africa and others through the, uh, through the Mediterranean. As their divinity was fading, their human nature was growing and their ethics declined. And so he's saying human nature. Yeah, so the godliness was de- decreasing and so was the cleanliness. Yes. Yeah. Uh, according to Critias, when the divine portion began to fade away and became diluted too often and too much with the mortal admixture... And the human nature got the upper hand. They then, being unable to bear their fortune, behaved unseemly. And to him who had an eye to see, grew visibly debased. For they were losing the fairest of their precious gifts. But to those who had no eye to see the true happiness, they appeared glorious and blessed at the very time when they were full of avarice and unrighteous power. Nice. That's the stuff. That's what I like. This is, you know, it's like uh, you've written. It's almost talking about like the rich and famous. So they look like they're having a great time, but they're actually living a real yeah. Secretly, they're way more miserable than you poor people with nothing to eat. They yeah. they, they hate it. Yeah, they hate this ambrosia and these grapes. <laughs> hate it. So while Atlantis was portrayed as a land of declining morality, Athens, on the other hand, in the same story, was uh, virtuous, and the Athenians were excelling at their work and living in moderation. Um, soon the Atlanteans tried to conquer Athens and the two powers went to war uh, with Atlant- Atlantis, the sea power, Athens, the land power. And the land power of Athens came out victorious. Well, let's think about that. The sea, submarines, mm-hmm. stupid. <laughs> Maybe some ships. Land, you got tanks. You got animals that could swim. You know? Buildings. I would Buildings. hate to be I would hate to be some sort of twin teenage boy submarine captain oh. right now. You would be feeling pretty bad about yourself with your stupid co captaining a stupid submarine. Stinking up the submarine. Stinking up. It's like, Ugh, yuck, there's no airflow in a sub, is there? Can't oh. crack a window. Cool. <laughs> hey Dave, so we've got George and John to 
between us as well, by the way. We've got to figure that out by the end of the episode. Oh, yeah. We've got to slip in... Uh, i got to slip in a secret the word. Two dead, they left us the dead ones. George and John. Where's, where, where's George from? Oh, the Beatles. What I thought you were doing there was... Let me explain. I thought <laughs> you were saying we've got to somehow slip... John into this episode because yeah. every episode from the last few weeks has been about John. Oh, we've done it. And I thought you were saying we've got to get George totally in there too but we've that. already done it with John Lennon at the start of the episode. <laughs> every episode's about John these days. Perfect. Love John. We've accidentally been talking about John each week. But I did. That was fully accidental that I because I don't don't know if there is a John in here. All right. So George and so who are you, are you claiming George or John then? Well I'm not claiming either but I mean I think they've left us with two pretty good ones anyway. Even though they're Two dead. of the top four Beatles. I feel yeah. like Dave might be George. Yeah, you reckon he's the George. Thanks, everyone. The quiet Beatle. George is mm. great. He wrote some great songs. John Lennon's seen as the genius one, though. Yeah, and he died. <laughs> Not true. so smart now, John. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Yeah. That's true. I'd say you're a genius. Didn't bloody imagine that, did he? I definitely oh, feel like I'm the Ringo. Right. I high five, yeah. I high five, yeah. <laughs> Everyone yeah. feels like they're the Ringo. I think if you go into it thinking, I'm John, you're probably a narcissist. Yeah, <laughs> perfect John. You know? Yeah, John, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Sorry to uh, sidetrack us again. Um, so, so Athens, de- in, this is in Plato's uh, dialogue still, Athens defeats the Atlanteans. To rub salt into the wounds, the gods get together and decide to punish... Uh, the Atlanteans further for becoming this debased. Kick them while they're down. They just lost a war. Yeah, exactly. Salt in the wounds are already in the ocean. <laughs> oh, gosh. They're already salty as hell. <laughs> so they get Poseidon to beset them with earthquakes and floods, sinking the once powerful island to the bottom of the ocean in a day and a night. It's quick Whoa. for a big island to hit the bottom of the sea. Um, but, you know, like Surely the that crab would... said, everything's better down where it's wetter. That would cause... <laughs> <laughs> like uh, tsunamis and stuff. Yeah. You know, elsewhere. Yeah, imagine. Such a massive thing suddenly underwater. That's going to affect your bloody water pressures, your tides. Affects my bloody knee. Oh, when the weather God. goes bad, my knee's oh, yeah. all yeah. sore and that. <laughs> the old war wound. Yeah, yeah, to this day. That yeah. creaky knee. Yeah. You always know when rain's coming. That's right. <laughs> when my knee goes, I know, get the yeah. washing up on. I'm just eating corn on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> The rain's are in. Yeah, just ads I remember watching <laughs> as a kid. That is yeah. a fuck. That's a good ad though. Yeah, right. That's an all-time classic ad. Yeah, mm. big time. Not enough ads for corn anymore. It's true. Just what is corn. the corn it's industry that, sleeping on it? That ad did so well. They don't need to advertise yeah. corn anymore. Yeah, yeah. We all love yeah, corn. We're all sold it. out of. That's a supermarket. We're sold out of corn. We're we can't corn. keep it in stock. Stop doing amazing ads. Rainsbury. Just forget about the corn ad, all right? We're sick of it. That's all I ever think about. Yeah, this was, was actually the reason we started doing Do Go On was to distract us from thinking about corn all the time. <laughs> it was working until you got here. Sorry. <laughs> I ringoed it. <laughs> He's always talking about corn. So it goes down in a day and a night. This all happens uh, sometime around 9600 BC. Hard day's night. Sometimes I've been just talking. That was a real hard day's night for the Atlanteans, <laughs> tell you that. Uh, so, yeah, would you say 9600 9, BC or 9600 BC, whatever. But anyway, it was a good 9,000 plus years prior to Plato being the first one to record the story. <laughs> sure, okay. I heard it from a friend of yeah, a friend yeah, of yeah. mine. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, in the text, the character of Cratius, 
heard the story via an elaborate game of telephone, basically, <laughs> over a 9,000-year period. According to History.com, <laughs> Critias says he heard the story of Atlantis from his grandfather, who had heard it from the Athenian statesman Sol- Solon. That's about 300 years who heard of it from, time. Who heard it from his uncle, who yeah. worked at Nintendo, <laughs> and got him all the games ahead of time. <laughs> That's true. And I actually have kissed a girl. She just lives in a different... State. She goes to a different school. Goes to a different school. <laughs> I really covered my tracks. Different state. Different country. <laughs> she doesn't exist. No. <laughs> so so yeah, heard from Solon, uh, three hundred years prior to Plato's time, who had learnt it from an Egyptian priest. <laughs> Who said it happened 9,000 years before that? That's oh, all sure, sure, sure. the last bit. It's just like, <laughs> He's like anyway, uh, yeah. So that, <laughs> yeah. And so on and so forth. Did you write just an et cetera in there? Is it, it's like me now telling you, oh, I heard about this thing that happened 9,000 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Like, all right. Why would I believe that? <laughs> yeah. Or give a shit? But I guess Plato is famous. People, you know, they, people talk about the Bible sometimes. They're like, How, you can't trust it. It was written by people hundreds of years later. <laughs> this one, 9,000. <laughs> this is like 10, 15 times that. Yeah, but I mean, apart from anything else, it's unclear. If, some people think Plato believed it to be a true story, but a lot of people think he only meant it as an allegory. But anyway, I'll talk about it a bit later. I believe it, actually. Just want to go on the record. Well, plan- like a lot <laughs> of people do. Of a lot right. of people do. And I reckon they'll be listening to this on our YouTube channel. And please, look, I don't know. Hey, just I'm comment, sorry. Comment I don't mean we're not making fun or anything. It's cool. I wish it was real. I'm, I, make, I'm making fun and I hope it isn't real. I know it is real. So I say all you guys, bloody go find it. Walk into the bloody ocean. That's what I reckon you should do. All you listening, get out of here. Maybe you'll find Atlantis. You like Atlantis that much? Go find yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, actually, I'm commenting from Atlantis right now. <laughs> The Wi-Fi is great. Yeah. Yeah. So good. That it's really advanced. Real good. <laughs> did you like basically telling people to walk into well, the ocean? Well, yes, I did. <laughs> it's very I don't good. do it a lot, but I think some hey. people. Sometimes know. it's fitting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it seems like the most likely explanation for the story is that it's an allegory. Plato invented the idea of Atlantis and a fictionalised earlier version of Athens to warn his contemporaries of the dangers of hubris, decadence and greed. Mm. Basically, it's a warning. Don't be like the Atlanteans or society will crumble or something like that. Right, yeah, right, okay. right, right. Uh, Whether it was purely a work of fiction, though, is still debated to this very day. Oh. History we got we to put it to bed by the end of this episode. <laughs> yeah. gonna, one way or the other, we're going to decide. We'll put it to a vote. Yeah, yeah. A majority rules That's scenario. Right. Um, so history.com writes, whether or not Plato believed his own story, his intent in telling it seems to have been to boost his ideas of an ideal society. Using stories of ancient uh, victory and calamity to call to mind more recent events, such as the Trojan War or Athens' disastrous invasion of Sicily in 413 BC. Uh, the historical authenticity of Plato's tale was controversial in ancient times. His follower Crantor is said to have believed it. <laughs> Crantor. <laughs> Crantor. Yeah, I bet you Crantor would believe, believe anything. Crantor. Uh, while Strabo, writing a few centuries later, records Aristotle's joke about Plato's ability to conjure nations out of thin air and oh, then destroy them. Are you going to do the joke? Are you going to do the joke? 
Or that do you have the job? Oh, that is the job. I, I think he's. It's just a little bit of a, a more of a like a waggy kind of. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah classic okay. Plato. It wasn't like it wasn't like you hear about this Plato. You, you hear about this? You it see, wasn't you knock, see this? knock. You guys heard about this? You read about this? <laughs> guys, if you don't find it funny, then you obviously just don't get it. Because yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. You heard about this Crator? Credulous Crator? This guy <laughs> so believing believing everything. I'd like to think, yeah, I'd like to think that's how it was. Uh, Aristotle's uh, comedy festival show was called <laughs> Aristotle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Aristotle was a student of Plato. Crantor was a student of a student of Plato named Xenocrates. So I don't know. I, I, I know a lot of these Guys, names. Guys, sign up to xenocrates.com and put in <laughs> do go on. You'll get 15% off your Xenocrate. And then isn't so- is Socrates fits in there as well somewhere? Yeah, I think he Socrates... taught Plato who taught. Is yeah, that right? yeah, I think. Or the other way around. And then the bottom one was the teacher of Alexander the Great. Oh, which pretty cool. Okay. So, like, you know, you have three of these really famous names teaching cool. this other extremely famous name. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. You, I think about it sometimes, like, how you know, people worry about their legacies and stuff now. It's like maybe, maybe one or two people from our whole, like, centuries that were around will be remembered in in 100 200 400 yeah. whatever years but Shane that Ward. period Adele there's a bunch Adele of people in the, in the same room that are still talked about now you yeah. know yeah pretty wild yeah sorry Adele sorry Obviously. I got that on delay Adele she's our one and Shane Warne and Shane Warne Shane Warne and Adele Warney yep Adele. Oh, look I'd put Merv in the conversation oh, don't be <laughs> in ridiculous the combo. don't be bloody ridiculous of course he's in the conversation. <laughs> yeah, the same thing happens here. Everyone in the building today, we're the ones yeah. who are remembered. What are you talking about? <gasps> oh, nice. Us four, Merv. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Devin Munro Smith. <laughs> yeah. when, that, when that volcano erupts underneath Stupid Old Studios and we get turned into yeah. carbon, yeah. people will remember us. They'll say, were they mid-pod? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's like a modern version of a dialogue. <laughs> I guess that is true. Um... Here's something that I, I think was one of those things that I realised and was like, oh, obviously once I realised it. But Platonic, you know, Platonic Love, that's named after Plato. According to Merriam-Webster, this sense alludes to Plato's belief that love between people could be so strong as to transcend physical attachments. Sounds like an absolute virgin point of view, but um, <laughs> that's Plato for you. <laughs> but yeah, I never, I never, I don't know why I didn't connect those two things. But yeah, platonic can mean two things. It either is platonic love or being about Plato. Plato's version of the story is only the beginning. <gasps> We're not wrapping this up anytime N- soon. Afraid not. <laughs> uh, so the mythology of Atlantis has been reinterpreted, embellished and reimagined over the following 2,000 odd years. According to history.com, in the first centuries of the Christian era, Aristotle was taken at his word and Atlantis was little discussed. Aristotle's word being it was just an allegory. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to search for this place. It's not real. It's just a story. Uh, But then in 1627, obviously a bit of time passes there, the English philosopher and scientist Francis Bacon, who you talked about last week, Bopper, Um, Oh, crossover episode. (laughs) He published a utopian novel titled The New Atlantis depicting, like Plato before him, a politically and scientifically advanced society on a previously unknown oceanic land or island. So it's a different story, but it was basically an updated version in some ways. According to Simon and Schuster, 
In this work, Bacon portrayed a vision of the future of human discovery and knowledge, expressing his aspirations and ideals for humankind. The novel depicts the creation of a utopian land where generosity and enlightenment, dignity and splendor, piety and public spirit are the commonly held qualities of the inhabitants of Bensalem. That's his version of Atlantis. Huh. Didn't really catch on, did it? No. no. He's been like, yeah, Aquaman, he lives in Bensalem. Yeah, yeah. I've got this cool Bensalem tattoo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Utopia is one that another guy came up with. That one caught on. Atlantis. Because of the ABC show. But then yeah. Bensalem. Um, in this book, Bensalem is a mythical island accidentally discovered by the crew of a European ship on the Pacific Ocean somewhere west of Peru. Hmm. Bacon's book was incomplete and published posthumously. A few decades later, in 1679, Swedish scientist Olaus Rudbeck published a four-volume work titled Atland Ella Mannheim. In the book, he contended that Atlantis was real. He also set out to prove that Sweden was the original site of Atlantis, which I don't know how he got a bit around it being not underwater. But, <laughs> uh, and that Swedish was the original language that Adam spoke in the Garden of Eden and that all human languages evolved from it. Is he Swedish, this guy? Yeah. He was Swedish, yeah. Right, really trying to put them on the map. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A bit of, bit of bias here, I reckon, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, according to History.com, uh, though considered authoritative in his homeland, few outside of Sweden found Rudbeck's arguments convincing. Right, but the Swedes were like, we're really important in the history of the world. Yeah. Yes, we are. Yes. Yeah. And Correct. we just call them meatballs where we're from. <laughs> 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 we're pretty, pretty central, I'll tell you what. <laughs> and yeah, and, the, that, is, and that Muppet is just a chef yeah, It's a regu- <laughs> regular chef we call him Everyday chef man We love him <laughs> Every other character is called non-Swedish <laughs> Non-Swedish Kermit <laughs> oh, no. oh the non-Swedish count Back again That, that is kind of human nature right Has been forever that we assume First off that we're the centre of everything And then have to be well from where I'm sitting. I am the center. Yeah, I don't know if Australians would ever claim Atlantis though. Like, yeah, yeah, we we, this used to be Atlantis, and then we can be bold, but we're not that bold. I think we tend to be excited if there's any indication of an Australian in history. You know, like an Australian any... in history. <laughs> <laughs> we got hoags, but then yeah, yeah. the list goes dry. Yeah, goes really dry. Yeah. yeah, anytime a story of ours like somebody visits Australia or something, we're like, oh, oh my god. Charles Darwin? Did Charles Darwin go to Maryborough? Is that was it Darwin? Somebody else, somebody famous. Doesn't matter. Is this the Queensland one, the Victoria one, the Victoria Probably the... one? Oh, that's yeah. where my mum was born. Oh. Is that that's the famous person we're thinking of? Yeah, my mum. Yeah. My <laughs> mum did go to Maryborough. Yes. Is your yeah. mum the one related to the Prime Minister? No. Wow, you got you got fame on both sides. Yeah, maybe I was born for this <laughs> fame. I mean, <laughs> maybe it was Dickens. Might have been Dickens. Dickens. That's like. Both very cool. Yes. Maybe both. Oh, my God. Imagine. Together? Yeah. Yeah, as a team. They did like a documentary travelling around to Victoria. (laughs) (laughs) What a team. (laughs) It was Mark Twain, guys. Mark Twain. I was close. Jeez, we jumped around there. The three of them. Yeah, all three. Wow. I'd watch that doco in a Mm. heartbeat. Uh, According to... Oh, I found this great website, wikipedia.org. And it, it talks a little bit about Olaus Rudbeck's work. It says, His work was also criticised by several Scandinavian authors, 
including the Danish professor Ludwig Holberg and the Swedish author and physician Andreas Kempe, both of whom wrote satires based on Rudbeck's writings. Feels like a, <laughs> it would have been pretty... It would have been shooting fish in a barrel, probably, yeah. parodying something like that. Uh, but yeah, a real comedy of errors, this Rudberg. <laughs> Uh, then jumping forward a couple of hundred years in 1882, this this seems like the big one. This is when, if it wasn't for this, we probably wouldn't know, we wouldn't think about Atlantis much and it wouldn't mm. be in pop culture. But I think about it every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, if it wasn't for 1882, you wouldn't. It's really <laughs> impacting my day-to-day life. Uh, so in 1882, a guy named Ignatius L. Donnelly Whoa. published Atlantis, the Antediluvian World. Uh, Donnelly was an interesting character, a lawyer, U.S. congressman, farmer, writer, and amateur scientist. <laughs> great combo. Wow. Yeah. yeah this <laughs> great name, great combo. Many pies. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's one of those names that starts so strong. Ignatius. Ignatius L. I think Donnelly's enough, mm. but don't you want it to be more than that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huffle, um, Huffle Braffin or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, is it not too late to change? Ign- mate? Ignatius Pop. Oh. Probably. Oh, my God. It's probably yes. his name, right? That's so good. Uh, so here's... I'm going to give you an, a, a, an abridged biography from Britannica of Donnelly. Born November 3rd, 1831, Donnelly grew up in Philadelphia where he became a lawyer. In 1856, he moved to Minnesota. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Uh, with another ex-Philadelphian, John Neninga. Together, the two founded a town intended to be a cultural and industrial centre. They named it Neninga City. <laughs> Which feels like Donnelly got a little ripped off there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like uh, Van Halen being called Van Halen. <laughs> uh, supposedly that was David Lee Roth's idea, but... <laughs> supposedly... Yeah, they would say that, wouldn't he? It had no relation to Eddie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They just had a random name generator. It came up and they went... And then right. they had to hire a Van Halen after that. And <laughs> yeah. they were like, oh, jeez, what do we do now? <laughs> and they accidentally got two of them. They're like, well, this will work. Uh, so while there in Aninga City... Catchy name. Mm. <laughs> and we're, that's why we all know it still. Yeah. To, but I love the idea of, like, when was the last time you could just found a city? Yeah. That's mm. awesome. I like this, I like their what they did to attract people to the city. Uh, while there, they edited the Erudite Immigrant Aid Journal, published in both English and German, to attract settlers. Yeah, I go, well, this magazine, it's just talking up this town. <laughs> so far, only two of us, but it's got a great vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Look, if you come and settle in the town, you can read the magazine. <laughs> yeah. So and and this, then, you'll get good. it straight away. Yeah, and the readership is two. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I double check my writing <laughs> and I pass it on to old mate Naninga. Uh, the scheme was successful at first, but a financial panic in eighteen fifty-seven caused amba- abandonment of the town, leaving Donnelly as its only resident. <laughs> oh, that's so even sad. Naninga left. Oh no! Did he rename it? Sure. Sounds like low self-esteem, this guy. Yeah. You're not going to name it Donnelly World or something? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> he ended politics, became an the early... Ignatian. Oh, oh, my God. Oh. Mm. I feel like his life probably would have been different if he'd thought of that. Yeah, right? Oh. Ignatian. That's, That's so, so good. good. <laughs> Ignatian pop. Yes. Ignatian. That's a radio station as well. <laughs> Ignatian, Igna- no, 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 no,
He nice. left the Republicans in the 1870s and was active in several minority party movements representing the interests of small farmers and workmen. Re- returning to Nininga City, I mean, does it? If once he leaves, is it still a city? No. Uh, so he went back and edited a liberal weekly, uh, the Anti-Monopolist, uh, I guess it was against the, the, the board game. <laughs> so yeah, strategies for beating Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> in which he attacked bankers and financiers whom he regarded as public enemies. Uh, Donnelly's first and most popular book was Atlantis, which traced the origin of civilization to the legendary submerged continent of Atlantis. Mm. You probably figured that last bit out. <laughs> I'll talk more about that soon. In his books, The Great Cryptogram and The Cipher in the Plays and On the Tombstone, he attempted to prove that our man Francis Bacon was the author of the plays attributed to Shakespeare by deciphering a code he discovered in Shakespeare's works. This is something that Bob Whoa. touched on last week. Big mm. crossover. And also, this guy did a lot of stuff. Yeah. I'm exhausted just thinking about it. He <laughs> yeah. became a lawyer. That's enough. Yeah. Then found a town, then write some books, and then discredit Shakespeare. And this is back when... Becomes a politician? Yeah. This is back when you didn't live that long. That's true. You know? Mm. Like 40 was a good innings. Mm-hmm. He outlived 40. He joined an exclusive club, what? which I'll talk about soon. Um, the 41 club. The, 20, the 27 <laughs> club. <laughs> wow. Mm. Uh, so he's deciphering also... Like he, once he got deciphering, he couldn't stop. Yeah, once you get into it. His deciphering also led him to ascribe the plays of Christopher Marlowe and the essays of Michael de Montaigne also to Bacon. <laughs> all his deciphering led <laughs> back to Bacon. Wow. Maybe he just wanted to do all this stuff so he could do half the stuff that he thought Bacon did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Donnelly also wrote a utopian novel called Caesar's Column, which predicted such developments as radio, television and poison gas. Wow. Did he later discover that Bacon also wrote that? Yeah. Oh, you know? oh I can't God. believe it. <laughs> the, Bacon the final works me. <laughs> the final words of the book are written by Francis Bacon. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm such a fraud. But he's making predictions. That's pretty amazing. And then he has a, he has a montage play in his head where he looks back at all the clues that he was <laughs> yeah. Bacon all along. Wait a second. See, I think it, it was probably easier to make predictions back then, though, because everything wasn't already invented. Right, you just scattergun. Yeah, yeah. Say about a thousand ideas. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, a machine that you hear people's voices on. Easy, done it. We I did predicted it. radio. Yeah. You'd be a god in this time, man. You don't you have just to invent it. it. Yeah, <laughs> you just have to predict it. Mm. It's kind of like the Apple guy. Yeah, little little device has all your music on it, that sort of stuff. What's his name? Apple guy. Gary Apple. Yeah, Gary Apple. <laughs> Gary Apple. Joe. What's his name? Joe Biden. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> Tested by God, Steve Jobs. <laughs> Uh, In it, in this book, he portrays the United States in 1988 ruled by a ruthless financial oligarchy and peopled by an abject working class. And they're wearing hypercolour (laughs) t-shirts. It's the 80s, I don't know. (laughs) He predicted that. Yeah, yeah. He predicted those t-shirts. Is that hypercolour where you touch it and your hands come up on it? These two would know they weren't around in the 90s Mm. and the 80s. You would have loved it. Oh, yeah, man. You loved it. What you t- a time. You touch your shirt and you can see your handprint. Yeah. And, and it would it stay on and then it would fade away. We we live through the future. Now we're somehow back in the past. Wow. Society's crumbled. It's kind of like Atlantis. You know, a really advanced society. That was the 80s. That's right, yeah. <laughs> and somehow yeah. we went backwards from there. Mm. Uh, so this book enhanced Donnelly's reputation with the Populist Party, which represented the discontented farmers of the West and which he helped found in 1892. At the time of his death, 
He was vice presidential candidate of a splinter party called the Middle Road Populists. Oh. Not the most adventurous name, is it? <laughs> Having middle... Better things middle. aren't possible. <laughs> or worse things. <laughs> so... So he died at the age of 69, joining nice. other members of the 69 Club, including previous topics, Alan Rickman and David Bowie. Mm. Oh, three of the best. And They're all up in heaven doing what they do best. <laughs> yes. Go on. Probably acting and writing and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Making music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What they individually do best. Mm. For two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Looking around waiting <laughs> And here's my turn And there's always one of the three just watching <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah I mean it's inclusive but not yeah. All inclusive yeah. Could it work if you added a third? Some more you'd have, to, you'd yeah. have to be in a triangle Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow Oh triangle the sexiest shape <laughs> Agreed <laughs> Those teenage boys are all of a sudden enjoying the episode again. (laughs) I'm back. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. i got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate your last biscuit. I was that saving been, them for my wedding. That has been stressing. <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively, and that had been affecting me. And that feel that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. It was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit he, that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> That is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. So anyway, let's go back to his first book, Atlantis, The Antediluvian World. Antediluvian, is that old? Does that mean old? Antediluvian, I've written it down somewhere, but it's it's like a certain period before uh, the great floods. You know, in the Bible, it's the time, Garden of Eden, all those times. All the way up to Noah. By being anti, is that saying that that didn't exist? No, that that's what antediluvian oh, sorry. world means. I thought the word diluvian mm. meant that. Gotcha, gotcha. Antediluvian. Um, so in the book, Donnelly suggested Atlantis was an advanced civilization whose immigrants went on to populate much of ancient Europe, Africa, and the Americas. So he took Plato's stuff and he sort of supercharged it a bit. Hmm. Reboot, remake. With stuff that he, you know, figured out from research, doing his own research. Yeah, doing research, yeah, girl. So how was he, like, researching Shakespeare's plays from America? Oh, Internet? Getting the, getting <laughs> the texts. And, and yeah. Nice. Mm. Um, mate of a mate told him some stuff. <laughs> yeah. That chain's still going. That, tel- that telephone's still going. <laughs> <Yeah>. Just... <laughs> 
been going for thousands of years. <laughs> Shakespeare was written 9,000 years ago by Francis Bacon. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, so he's saying that the Atlanteans, they didn't just go under the sea before they did. They they were the, the birthplace of civilization and spread it through the world kind of thing. He also posited that their heroes inspired Greek, Hindu and Scandinavian mythology. So that were the begin. All the famous things they all are traced back to Atlantis. Hmm. Uh, so in the book, he attempts to prove the following thirteen hypotheses. Let me read them to you. Okay, great. Number one: There once existed in the Atlantic Ocean. This is a pretty obvious one. Opposite- there once was a man from Nantucket. <laughs> Theorem number one. It's all dirty limericks. <laughs> Um, so there once existed in the Atlantic Ocean opposite the Mediterranean Sea a large island which was the remnant of an Atlantic continent and known to the ancients as Atlantis. Number two, <laughs> that the description of this island given by Plato is not fable as has long been supposed but veritable history. I think taking out the God stuff but the rest is, the rest is, is just true. Uh, three, that Atlantis was the region where man first rose fr- from barbarians to become civilized for that it became in the course of ages a populous and mighty nation from whose immigrants populated civilized nations on the shores of the gulf of mexico the mississippi river the amazon river the pacific coast of south america the mediterranean and the west coast of europe uh, and africa as well the baltic the black sea and the caspian pretty much all the and, all the water and naninga city or whatever it was and, called yes naninga don't forget naninga uh five that it was the true antediluvian world, which is what I was talking about before. It means the uh, time before the great flood in the Bible, where early mankind dwelt for ages in peace and happiness. You know, the Garden of Eden and all yeah. that. That was all in Atlantis. Oh. Uh, six, that the gods and goddesses of ancient Greeks, the Phoenicians, the Hindus, and the Scandinavians were simply the kings, queens, and heroes of Atlantis. And the acts attributed to them in mythology are a confused recollection of real historical events. So everything, you know, like all the, the Scandinavian, you know, Thor and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I guess, they were just, they were real kings of Atlantis. And it's just got muddled up in history. Uh, seven. Those the, historians, they don't know what they're doing, oh. making records and stuff. What are they like? Stupid. <laughs> they're stupid. Seven, that the mythology of Egypt and Peru represented the original religion of Atlantis, which was sun worship. Eight, that the oldest colony formed by Atlantis was probably Egypt, whose civilization was a reproduction of that Atlantic island. So, so, you know, Egypt didn't come up with that stuff. Hmm. It was the Atlanteans went there and did all that. Um, Nine, that the implements of the Bronze Age of Europe were derived from Atlantis. The Atlanteans were also the first manufacturers of iron. Kind of, basically everything that's ever happened can be traced back to Atlantis. Yeah, he's really he's really gone with. Um, you think all history has been discovered, but I've I actually discovered some history before that history. So yeah, <laughs> I'm actually the top guy here. <laughs> Ten, that the Phoenician alphabet, parent of all the European alphabets, was derived from. An Atlantis alphabet. Oh, of course. Oh, really? Which was also conveyed by them from Atlantis to the mines of Central America. We call it the wet alphabet. (laughs) How wet it is. (laughs) Eleven, that Atlantis was the original seat of the Aryan or Indo-European family of nations, as well as the Semitic peoples and possibly also the Turanian races. So everyone? Yeah, I don't Almost I'm, everyone? Feels like the theory is 
Atlantis did it first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It feels like, like it's sort of, you know, like modern historians are like everything started in Africa and yeah. then moved out. So it's kind of like if he'd guessed better, I'm assuming this guy guessed. Yeah. But if he'd, if he'd gone, ah, uh, Africa, yeah. we'd be like, this guy was onto something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 12, that Atlantis perished in a terrible convulsion of nature in which the whole island sunk into the ocean with nearly all its inhabitants. And finally, 13, that a few persons escaped on ships and on rafts and carried to the nations east and west the tidings of the appalling catastrophe which has survived to our own time in the flood and deluge legends of the different nations of the old and new worlds. So, you know, the most famous example of the flood legend probably is maybe the the Noah one in the Bible, builds mm. the ark, Yeah, animals yeah. come marching two by two. But he was getting ark. out of Atlantis. Yes. Yeah. Well, this is just a, yeah, this, that's just a like, tell the telephone over the years. Yeah. Yeah. The story yeah. got confused and it ended up being Noah, but it was actually mm. an Atlantis right. thing. But Wet there's Noah. also, apparently this is like most cultures have some version of this flood legend. There's examples in North, uh, Norse, Greek, Hindu, Chinese mythologies. Um, but as it turns out, according to Ignatius, these stories all evolved from Atlantis. You know what you know what I mean. So he's mm, saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the big flood happened there, and then everyone just over time it just got confused and they thought it was their own story or whatever. Great. So how has he gone back through the telephone and deciphered all of this? Yeah. Then? Well, how yeah. does he know? A lot of logic leaps, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, a lot of guesses. Yeah. Oh, they've had a flood. They've had a flood. Probably the same flood. You know what? Yeah. I reckon that flood came from Atlantis. How many yeah. floods could there really be? Yeah. Huh? You know what I mean? Over 10,000 years. How many floods? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sure, Naninga was flooded like 50 times. <laughs> it's unlivable. <laughs> we uh... built it. We built it on a swamp. Yeah. yeah, it's on a flood plan. We thought that'd be great, you know, but... Good for crops. Turns yeah. out, floods a lot. It's in the name. Yeah. <laughs> Should have looked up what that meant. I feel a bit silly, actually. Flood plan just sounded cool. <laughs> Uh, Donnelly's book is said to have inspired many other works, including those by James Churchwood on the lost continent of Mew, M-U, which is a whole other story but has similarities to Atlantis. It was in a different area, but it was another island that went underwater. Quicker to say. Yeah. But then you have to say it another couple of times because you're like, is that right? Yeah. Mew, Mew. Yeah. Mew. And by that point, you may, have, may as well have said Atlantis. <laughs> Mew, Mew. 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 Meow. According to Benito Serino, writing for grunge.com, after Donnelly's book, Atlantis... <laughs> Nirvana. Atlantis. <laughs> That's where Nirvana came from. Not everybody, not everybody is from Atlantis, but everybody who lived in Atlantis, they started a band. Yeah. yeah. And a really good one. Yeah. <laughs> after Quick, think of a wet band. I can't think of any. It's a wet, 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 wet. Wet, wet, There we go. Yeah, they're from Atlantis. Yeah, nice. The Water Boys, is that a thing? The yeah, Water Boys. Prob- probably. probably. Can't rule it out. Impossible to rule it out. There's a band from the Isle of Wight called Wet Leg. Yeah, great. Terrific. Mm. So is that? Yeah. Pearl Jam? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Coldplay? Water yep. is cold. Yeah. Sometimes. The, be- the Beatles. The Beatles. The Beatles. Did I say the Water Boys yet? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you sure did. You nailed it. <laughs> People absolutely scream at their iPods. You didn't stop doing a podcast and screaming. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> Please. I can't oh, do you mean turn more specifically? <laughs> uh, so after Donnelly's book, Atlantis was everywhere in popular culture and the arts. 
It didn't hurt that around this time, science fiction was starting to take off as a genre. So you have Captain Nemo finding the sunken continent in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Mm. Dave? That is a previous book cheat topic. Episode 8, maybe. Really? Who was on it? Do you, do you know who was Beck, on it? Beck, Petratus, and someone else. Was it Meso? Well, Meso would remember Meso, do you remember, were you on the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea episode of Book Cheat? Can confirm, no. Okay, that is the uh, spin-off podcast where I uh, tell you about this, the plot of a classic book. And yes, they do take the Nautilus uh, with Captain Nemo and Professor Aranax. They do go to Atlantis and they meet someone from there. Folks, uh. if we could seamlessly add this into a... 30 seconds ago The Beach Boys Oh yes oh, I was also thinking The Cruel Waves. Sea Cruel Sea is good Waves, Waves. Yes. Uh, Best Coast Best Coast Or for Atlantis Jeez these are all the things People were yelling at their iPods Yeah they were sure <laughs> uh. Oh uh, The Water Boys Yeah the water <laughs> There we go Right <laughs> But yeah, I'd totally forgotten about 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea and the fact they actually go to Atlantis. Yes, so and it's just they stop by on the way through. Yeah, something. so it's like a, a, a an advanced futuristic submarine that can go basically anywhere. Oh, uh, yellow submarine. You'll get beautiful. emails. You'll get emails if yeah. I didn't say that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's they. you're right. It's like a small... Because they go to all these different places. And one of them is like, oh, yeah, just stop by Atlantis and meet some people. Octopus's Garden. <laughs> <laughs> this is just going to be a common thing. It's just going to keep yeah. coming up. And just keep going. Billy Ocean. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Frank Ocean. Oh. That's it for Oceans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny Ocean, obviously, but that's a film. Mm. Oceans 11, mm. 12, 13, Oceans 8. Mm. <laughs> Sweatshop Boys. Is that a thing? Yep, sure is. Sweat is wet. Yep. Sweat is wet. Yeah. You heard it here first, people. <laughs> that's Dugo on stands behind that. Sweat <laughs> is wet. It's on the T-shirts. <laughs> New merch. Sweat, sweat is wet. Hashtag in a while. Hashtag sweat is wet. That is wet. I love... um. We've named like 20 now and still people will be saying, yeah. why didn't you say this one? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. On purpose is the reason. We, yeah. did, we yeah. knew it and we didn't There's do it. Yeah, one we all know. Yeah, the one you're thinking of is shit. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, yeah. dickhead. That's right. <laughs> no, we want to know. Let us know. All those twin boys yeah. living in a submarine. God, that, we've been harsh thinking to the twin boys names. today. Yeah. <laughs> so Dave, so yeah, is it? Is it? I haven't read that book, and I don't think I've listened to that episode because I can't stand Pete Jones on podcast. He's the oh, other guest. Hey. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> can't stand him. Can't listen to his voice. Just great. Awful on man. Me. Awful pod. <laughs> awful stand up. Awful yeah. newsletter. Yeah. All bad. Well, I personally really like him. So. Jeez. <laughs> oh. Wow. Really, really at odds with your opinions of him. Yeah. Well, too. on on the record, it is. But we've all heard what you said off pod. <laughs> yeah, I'm in love with him. I actually, I, th- I really liked him until you convinced me otherwise. <laughs> uh, yeah, but so was, did they go into much detail about Atlantis? Was Were there people living under there? Because that's something that slowly evolved. Obviously, Plato didn't say that, that the when they went under the sea as punishment that they all survived and kept this cool world where they played octopus drums and stuff. Mm. I remember they get out of the submarine like and put on these suits because it is underwater. Yeah. And they're like, go, maybe they talk. They to- get out and then put on the suits. Yeah. Yeah. Really. And then there's water inside the suit. They're like, this is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I can't remember too much. And there's definitely an active volcano down there. But for more, uh, listen to the book cheat because I can't remember much. Mm. We'll get it. Uh, Sereno continues on pop culture uses of Atlantis, uh, listing lesser known works like CJ Cutliffe's 
uh, Cutliffe Hines' The Lost Continent, the story of Atlantis from 1899. Mm. There's also the 1919 French novel Atlantida by Pierre Benoit or Benoit. They probably say Ben or Benoit. <laughs> it's probably Benoit. Uh, proposed uh, the twist that Atlantis is actually in the middle of the Sahara. Now, that's a oh, good twist. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a good twist. Oh. You wouldn't see that coming. Uh, Atlant- also, the plot of Aquaman, some of it. The oh, movie Aquaman, right. I'm going to ask you a bit about this soon. Because right. Aquaman. that's all the information I had. Okay, well, can you save it? Yeah, can I'll you, save Are you able to repeat <laughs> yeah, that yeah, later? Yeah, yeah. Can you shut up for a <laughs> second? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, can you actually do it though? Yeah. (laughs) You're doing it wrong. Look at him trying. Oh, no. He's trying to shut the fuck up. Thanks for coming on our podcast now. Shut up. Uh, uh, Serena goes on. Atlantis has since featured in books of all kinds, from Robert E. Howard's Cull to Ian Colfer's Artemis Fowl. Oh, yeah. Uh, the first four films to go to Atlantis were all adaptations of Benoit's Atlantida, apparently. The first to do its own thing was the serial Undersea Kingdom featuring unabashed Flash Gordon ripoff Crash Corrigan. Crash <laughs> Corrigan. Oh, that's that, good stuff. That's, oh, very, yeah. that's quite unabashed. Yeah. That's Mom, can we have good. Flash Gordon? <laughs> we have Flash Gordon at home and then you go home and it's Crash <laughs> Corrigan. <laughs> nah. Yeah, I'm... Uh, just based off the name alone, I think I'm going with Crash Corrigan. Yeah. What about Crash is good? What if it was Clash Corrigan? Is Ooh. that better or worse? Mm. What about Splash Corrigan? Ooh. Oh, is that a band? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's my band. You guys want in? <laughs> no. Okay, good, good. <laughs> it was just out of politeness. I just asked out of politeness. I was hoping you say no because I, do I don't want you in my band. Do you ask, do you ask everyone? Do you yeah, mean? You order yeah. a coffee, you invite the barista to be in your band? Yeah. God, you must be wishing for no because if, if people say yes, too I'm many t- people I'm too polite. Bands, I regret yeah. it. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, still uh, with Serena here. It uh, says, since then, dozens of movies... I reckon it's hundreds, but it says, dozens of movies have seen characters visit Atlantis, including Disney's 2001 feature Atlantis, mm. The Lost mm. Empire. That's probably... Which I've never seen. Um, but he notes that uh, Lost Empire has production designed by Hellboy creator Mike Mignola. Oh! I left that in because I thought Mason might find that interesting. Is it? He created Hellboy. <laughs> 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 also in 1994 and that's interesting <laughs> Mike is short for Michael Welcome to my store <laughs> uh, In 1994 MacGyver found Atlantis in a TV movie Which is pretty fun That's fun Do you have a follow up to that one? No Because they also did it in Stargate Atlantis Which is also MacGyver actor He's in Stargate Wow Right Recycling he can't ideas get an, He can't get enough of it Technically he wasn't in Stargate Atlantis but maybe, oh. maybe he guessed. Maybe he made a so, guest appearance. And is Stargate Atlantis? Is that? You may, I don't know if you go into this, Matt. Is that, is that based around Atlantis? Is that why it's yeah, so? Yeah, but I think important? Atlantis is in space. Oh, okay. Like uh. in Stargate, the 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 gods are like aliens, and you go through a Stargate, ah, and you're like, funny. oh, it's the Egyptian gods, but they're not, but they're aliens. So I think they're also. Atlantis yeah. so, sort of tying into the idea that the aliens built the pyramids and all that sort yes, of stuff. Yes, I think so. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Scrooge McDuck finds Atlantis <laughs> while hunting for quarters in the classic 1954 story, The Secret of Atlantis. Oh, that's the true primary so, source so right he, there. Just he's searching for quarters. Yeah, like coins. He's really Scrooge f- McDuck. Fallen on hard times. Yeah, very, very Can't get rich. enough, this guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he should read Plato's original story about Atlantis, hmm, he, which really talks about greed being bad. 
get a feeling that McDuck's more of a greed is good type character. Mm, he's real um that guy from Gordon, Wall Street, Gordon, Gordon Greco. Gecko. Yeah, Gecko. there we go. Yeah, <laughs> Greco mm. Gordon Gecko, <laughs> the guy invented uh, wrestling and Wall Street. Um, <laughs> Atlantis is also the home of superheroes Aquaman and Namor the Submariner, but separately. Separate Atlantises. What? Yeah. They both exist in the same universe. No, uh, uh, Namor the Submariner is uh, Marvel. Yes. Uh, he has yet to have a movie, but he probably will at some point. So he was... He, he... Was he a, an Aqu- Aquaman ripoff? Because that's no, often he how came it went? first. Ah, interesting. Uh, so Namor debuted in 1939. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so I love how uh, you have this info in your head. Uh, 39, big year, actually. Big year. Uh, along with uh, uh, the, the original Human Torch and Kazar, who was Tarzan, but punched on with dinosaurs. Oh, in sick. a Marvel Comics number one. Uh, uh, and, uh, but, uh, but Aquaman is from DC. But they're both half-human, half-Atlantean hybrids. Right. But the difference oh. is Namor has little wings on his feet so he can fly. With his little wings. Wow, that feet. feels on like... His, he, on his ankles, yeah. That would look yeah. like a balancing but nightmare. Does he go feet first? No. Into the air? No. So he sort of hovers like a like a drone. Yes, yeah, yeah. So he'd have to learn to balance like he's on one of those... Um, like a... Like a... Segway. Segway, yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. He's like on a sky yeah. segway. But they're both like, you know, uh, we're sick of the human world and we're, we're going to invade it and we're I'm, I'm mad about it. You know? Oh. Yeah. So but he, he's, he, they're both hybrids so they can survive. On land as well as in water. Ah. Whereas the Atlanteans generally, yes, exactly, exactly like the Little Mermaid. But yeah, but like most Atlanteans can only survive underwater. Gotcha. So when they go on the land, they wear like diving suits, but they're filled with water. Oh, just like in uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Precisely. That's right. (laughs) 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 That's okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So I, I don't think I'd heard of Namor the Submariner, but that's interesting that that was the original. Because in previous episodes, you've told us about. Marvel characters, yeah, yeah. You, I, I vaguely remember that you said that often Stan Lee and the Marvel crew would take a DC thing and, and yeah, but this is the opposite. I think yeah. this is this was many decades before before Stan Lee got his hooks in. Yeah, so cool. uh, oh, cool. yeah, but I I I I don't know if uh, I I don't know if Aquaman is a ripoff of of the Submariner specifically, but they share a lot of. I think it's basically like, okay, well, he's, a, he's he lives from in Atlantis. How do you make him? How can he fight crime in New York City or whatever? Yeah. Just say he's half human, whatever. Right. You know. So yeah, it sort of feels like it's the kind of thing that two people would get to the, a similar idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, and another one uh, is apparently Superman's college girlfriend Laurie Lamaris is also from Atlantis. Apparently, Are you oh, familiar yeah. with? Vaguely, I think she's been written out of continuity. Okay. I think she's. Uh, he loves the LL. He does, man? yeah. Lana Lang, Lois Lane. Larry Legend. Larry, Larry Legend. Le- 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 <laughs> that's that's Superman's <laughs> current boyfriend in DC Comics. Larry Legend. <laughs> Very controversial. <laughs> so I I looked up a um a DC fandom wiki mm-hmm. and it says I mean it's. Quite. I won't go. Are you going to catch me out here? Is it you no, no, gotcha I, me? I think that would be funny. Uh, actually, actually, it is. Nineteen thirty-eight. But it, yeah. it's, it sounds like it. Like the, they've worked in with the things we've been talking about a bit, like the Great Deluge or the Great Flood, mm. is written into the DC world. Uh, a geological catastrophe that occurred some nine thousand six hundred years ago. The same as yeah. And often, what, I often I think they have like a they have sorcerers and the sorcerers do some magic so they don't all just immediately drown. 
Right. When, yes. When the when the when the when the nation sinks. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah. I have, I'm going to talk about someone who wrote in a lot of the sorcery and stuff oh, coming right. up, oh. and where where a lot of that stuff came from, which is pretty wild stuff. But apparently on Earth Two, which is is this a one of the DC? Don't get me started. Okay. Here we go. Oh, here we go, folks. Uh, no. Uh, so I think they've changed it now, anyway. But uh, on Earth Two. Uh, like Superman and Batman started fighting crime in their 30s and in Earth 1 they started fighting crime in the modern day. So they're different uh, continuities that exist in parallel to each other. Uh, but in 1, Superman and Batman are really old. So, uh-huh. oh, that's so Earth 2 is the, the, the World War 2 universe, right. basically. Well, apparently in Earth 2 there are possibly four different versions of Atlantis <laughs> okay. alone. Okay. So that's why it's like it's... I, I'm so amazed that you keep all this info in your head. Pushes out everything else, let me tell you. <laughs> What's Birth- your pin number? Ah, <laughs> no, that I know. It's uh... <laughs> what one of them it says by Aquaman's own words. My father, a famous undersea explorer, he turned to his work by solving the ocean secrets. His greatest discovery was an ancient city in the depths where no other diver had ever penetrated. <laughs> 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 Really dry. My, f- it's hard to, hard under the sea for that to happen. But um, my father believed it was the lost kingdom of Atlantis. He made himself a watertight home in one of the palaces and lived there, <laughs> studying the records and devices of the race's marvelous wisdom. From the books and records, he learned ways of teaching me to live under the ocean, drawing oxygen from the water, and using all the power of the sea to make me wonderfully strong and swift. <laughs> <laughs> By training in a hundred scientific secrets. That's got, got him swift. He became what you see, a human being who lives and thrives under the water. So that's one version of it. Yeah, they will... What, what occasionally is they will do in, in comic books is they'll swap out one ridiculous, like, scientific explanation for, like, a different scientific explanation. Right. So, like, you know, they'll be like, oh, radioactive spider. Nah, nanotechnology. Makes mm. more sense, doesn't it, when mm. you think about it? Right. You know. When yeah. you think about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was silly back when they yeah, wrote yeah. it. Yeah, But they were all, back back in that era, they were all about, like, I, got, I, I, I raised my kid in a, a pit of wolves and uh, t- taught him how to be the best fighter in the world and, you know, et cetera. Yeah. And now he's Aquaman. Uh-huh. This other one, uh, circa 10,000 years ago, the wise men of Atlantis looked on in the future and foresaw not only the earthquake and the tidal wave that would engulf the city, but also the wars and plagues that would visit the world thereafter. The Atlanteans preferred to exclude themselves from the rest of the world, creating a dome around the city which kept the population alive under the sea. They weren't water breathers and twice by a month their machinery would create a whirlpool until the surface... Uh, in order to supply them with oxygen. The Atlanteans were contacted by the Nazis during World War II and Batman was successive in dissuading them from this profane alliance. Earth 2 Batman. So this is wild. Okay. There's lots of, so that's a totally different thing again. They, they, it was a dome that and they, they breathe air under the water because of the dome. <laughs> So there's all sorts of different versions of it anyway. Wow. And then like the the movie the most recent movie version they're just sort of like they can breathe under the water, right? Yeah. Because yeah. of And the octopus plays the drums. Octopus plays the drums very important. That's the main bit that I remember. That's that's canonical. He's a comic book character. He's he's they didn't invent him for the film. He's real. Is that I mean, true? He's not real real. Mesa, is that actually true? Yes. <laughs> that is sick. Jess hates that movie. Do you? I don't yeah, that's fair. That's okay. Jess and I saw it together, and it was one of the worst films I've ever seen. 
I thought no, it was a bit of fun. I think the setting we saw it in added to that as yeah, well. Yeah, sorry. We were delirious at an airport like in Singapore. Was it Singapore? In Singapore airport. We had a stopover for a few hours and... It was had, there a cinema? Or yeah, it was a cinema. It was like oh. a free cinema that anyone Singapore could Singapore Airport's oh. the best. You can just walk in there, but then like there's people's phones going off. Yeah. Someone snoring? Yeah, yeah, like people sleeping in there. And, and think, then yeah, a kid talking to their dad and somebody else just going, shut up. Sometimes you just somebody will just jump up and we go, oh, I'm two hours late from a flight because <laughs> yeah. I was watching Aquaman. Yeah. It's so good. Seats mm. were fairly uncomfortable. And there's just the end of it where he bursts out of the water and says, I am Aquaman. Yeah, nice. And we have, pissed to, ourselves. Do you have to say that in a superhero film? I am not necessarily like for example Shazam the character Shazam never says his name in uh, really in the movie Shazam because it's it's technically Captain Marvel but they're legally not allowed to use the name Captain Marvel because Marvel owns the name Captain Marvel Ah. so they went the entire movie without him saying my name is Captain Marvel that must have been hard for the script writer because Shazam's Shazam's the secret word to make him Captain Marvel yes Shazam is the wizard that gave him his powers ah right god it's confusing (laughs) No, it's very simple if you push <laughs> every other piece of information out of your brain. <laughs> Birth dates of loved ones. Uh, your own phone I number. Yeah. I hope I haven't offended you by saying I didn't like Aquaman. No, that's quite all right. It's, I, I liked it at the time, but I mean, I, you know, I've... I think Jason Momoa is cool. But he's a cool yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure like DC fans are divided on it as well. It's not like it's everyone thinks it's great or bad. There's not a single line in the script that isn't... Um, uh, fuck, what's the word I'm looking for? Terrible? <laughs> what about when he says, how about I pee on this? Why don't I, that, you know? Pee's oh, a, yeah. going to pee on the thing. Mm. That's true. Aquaman and uh, Namor, both grumpy as well. Okay, there we go. I reckon, probably I reckon, the ocean depths that make yeah, them grumpy. Yeah, do it. Or, I mean, Jess, you'd probably hate Namor the Submariner even more. He's in a submarine. Oh, my God, that's, that's so right, dumb. Yeah. <laughs> there are dumb watercraft i'll say that yeah <laughs> the silly exposition it's the word i was looking for like every line yeah yeah, yeah. it's just exposition yeah and then there's an explosion and then they move to the next scene <laughs> yeah I, yeah I, anyway, the Matt? deep's another he's from uh the boys oh yeah it's right, another right. version of a yeah, similar character he's a pastiche he's a he's an right. homage i think to the to the other gotcha because like yeah aquaman sort of become like a like an archetypal character yeah so uh, another uh, I always thought That the Little Mermaid Was set in Atlantis But it's actually Atlantica Oh So I don't know why Disney were like Copyright Yeah Because oh, I don't think You're hearing copyright I think Plato's no. work <laughs> Might have slipped out Of copyright I don't know mm. He lived for a long time That guy um, uh, So this It's basically Atlantis So it's a kingdom Located beneath The Atlantic Ocean um, And it's ruled By the Sea King King Triton And the Sea King Queen Queen Athena, which is obviously oh. a, a nod to Athens, I guess, yeah. and the whole mythology. So that's sort of interesting. But um, yeah, anyway, let's go. I, I thought with having Mesa here, we have to do a bit of comic book chat. Um, so thanks for you're indulging very, me there. <laughs> you're very welcome. Um, but now, I, yeah, I'm going to talk about a few other just quickly uh genuinely hundreds and hundreds of examples of atlantis being used in books and movies and whatnot i'm going to list a few quickly that have um linked back to previous two go on episodes like previous topic arthur conan doyle wrote a science fiction novel called the maricot deep which describes the discovery of atlantis by a deep sea diving crew uh, who find it's still inhabited by high technology society 
which is adapted to life underwater. Oh. So at some point, this this comes in where people just, they don't just go under the sea and drown. Sure. They adapt. Yeah. yeah. Very quickly. Because there's, there's this. <laughs> quick day, as you can. A day and a night, adapt. Mm. Yeah, day well, later. I've got gills. What are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah. i got a dome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, some of them saw Should've the future. Should have thought of a dome. <laughs> They got the dome ready. Yeah. They didn't just think to move to another place. That's right. They built a dome. (laughs) Sherlock Holmes. Ah, one of my favourite wet bands. The Wet Bandits. Yes. We're nailing this. Yeah, we're pretty good at it. Um, We're pretty good at podcasts. (laughs) Another previous topic, HP Lovecraft. Another previous block topic. That's right. Uh, the temple in which a German naval submarine sinks to the bottom of the ocean during World War One before settling on the lost city of Atlantis. Another previous topic, J.R.R. Tolkien wrote the Silmarillion, which... <laughs> Semion. It's actually mm. pronounced. I have no idea how it's pronounced. But, uh, and it includes the history of his adaptation of Atlantis known as the island of Numenor or Westernessie where the Numenorians lived. Numenor was the home of the most advanced civilization of man in the history of Middle Earth. And much like Atlantis, the island of Numenor was swallowed into the sea in a single night. So it feels like he's just changed the name there. He hasn't changed anything else. Uh, You know Aragorn from Lord of the Rings? Is he the and my axe guy? No. No, that's Gimli. Oh, giblets, yeah. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, apparently Aragorn is a descendant of these people. So, oh, okay, right, Which, right, right. is Aragorn the white-haired one? No, no. Aragorn is uh, Viggo Mortensen. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, the Aragorn is <laughs> Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> <laughs> the 1987 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon has two episodes involving Atlantis. Apparently, in the Lost Queen of Atlantis, the island rises from the sea. Outside the coast of Greece. Ooh. And then in another episode, Atlantis Awakes, the turtles help a merman or mer-dude <laughs> find his way back to Atlantis. This Atlantis is totally different from the one featured in the previous episode. Oh, wow. It's so funny that they were... So we're going with a two Atlantis theory here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the Simpsons episode, The Monkey Suit from season 17, Homer has a to-do list which has the item find, comma, destroy Atlantis already ticked off. <laughs> and in the future armor episode, The Deep South, the team discover the lost city of Atlanta, a parody of Atlantis. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I said, there's so many examples. Um, anyway. What's th- your favorite, folks? Did we miss out on it? Yeah. We did it on purpose. D- <laughs> no, definitely, definitely um, send us, tweet us or whatever. I'd love to see more. <laughs> Seriously, because I, I, I reckon everyone will be thinking of a different childhood memory of their yeah, favourite Yeah, yeah, And oftentimes if you just read the list, you go, okay, well, there's that and that and that. But yeah. then you, maybe, maybe there's a striking image or yes. a delightful scene on the YouTubes. One of my mm. earliest memories is watching this cartoon, Lost City of Gold, and apparently there was some, yeah, which makes a lot of sense that it would be connected somehow to all this mythology. Um, so anyway, I want to talk about Helena Blavatsky who also wrote about Atlantis back in the day. And these writings, which included that stuff about wizardry and all that sort of stuff, (gasps) also helped launch a whole religion. Uh, She was, sounds like a really interesting woman. I'm doing, (laughs) I'm about to do a a real mini report based on uh, the Britannica biography. Born Helena or Helena Hahn on August the 12th, 1831 in Ukraine. 
And at the age of 17, Hahn married Nikifor V. Blavatsky, a Russian military officer and provincial vice governor, but they separated after a few months. Obviously, she, that's how she got the name. She became interested in occultism and spiritualism and for many years traveled extensively throughout Asia, Europe, and the United States. She also claimed to have spent several years in India and Tibet studying under Hindu gurus. I love that it's written as claimed. Claimed. <laughs> no, Obviously not no a lot receipts. of evidence. <laughs> yeah, no receipts <laughs> on Checked that her one. passport, no stamps. <laughs> <laughs> no diplomas. <laughs> in 1873, the year the St. Kilda Football Club was founded, <laughs> she went to New York City where she met and became a close companion of Henry Steele Olcott. And in 1875, they, along with several other prominent persons founded the Theosophical Society. In 1879, Blavatsky and Olcott went to India. Three years later, they established the Theosophical Society headquarters in Adya near Madras. They, they didn't get a lot of traction in, um, in London or no, in New York where they set it up, I think, originally. So they went to India and got, got a bit more love. They began publishing the society's journal, The Theosophist, which Blavatsky <laughs> edited. And the society soon developed a strong following in India. Hmm. Asserting that she possessed extraordinary psychic powers, Blavatsky was accused by the Indian press of concocting fictitious spiritualist phenomena. After protesting her innocence while on a tour of Germany, she returned to India in 1884 and was met with an enthusiastic reception. Soon after, she left India in failing health. Uh, she lived quietly in Germany, Belgium, and finally in London, working on a small meditative classic, The Voice of Silence, in 1889. And her most important work, which we're going to talk about a fair bit soon, The Secret Doctrine, in 1888. Which Sounds was, ominous. <laughs> which was an overview of theosophical teachings. Uh, it was followed in 1889 by a key to theosophy. Um, have you heard of theosophy? I, can't, I don't know if that's how you're into to say it. No, it sounds like a mispronounced word, but I think you are probably saying yeah. it right. But mm. it's got it's the kind of word that could you could hit each syllable and totally change us. Sounds like you're trying to say philosophy. Yeah, but you're very drunk. Philosophy. Philosophy. So I was a book about theosophy. It's very interesting. I have to get another drink. I have to tell you about this book. I think I know that guy. Huh? <laughs> Uh, this uh, not mentioned by the Britannica bio, but Brian Fagan, writing for the Pen Museum, also lists professional Did you pianist. Say the Pen Museum. Pen Museum. Oh, which oh, one? In, in Pennsylvania. Sorry. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Right, thought, <laughs> Irrelevant to me. I, I honestly care. thought you meant the Pen Museum in Birmingham, which we had the opportunity to go to. And when we were in Birmingham, it was the number one tourist attraction on TripAdvisor. But for some reason, we didn't go. Oh, oh. no! I don't remember that at all. You could have got a. Um, Pen. Like a commemorative T-shirt or something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> one of those spoons. Yeah, spoon, commemorative spoon. Yeah, nice. Magnet. <laughs> yeah, magnet. That'd yeah. be great. Yeah. Maybe a pad mm, yeah. to write on. Mm. Anything but a pen. <laughs> <laughs> Get a pencil. Ooh. No problem. Get some yeah. textures. That's fine. What if they were like, we only sell pencils because pens aren't very good. They're not reliable. <laughs> Actually, Don't work in space up this, this museum is about the horrors of pen use <laughs> and how bad pens are. <laughs> yeah, war museums people. aren't going, how good's war? Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> we'll sell you some war at the bloody <laughs> gift shop. <laughs> nah. Buy a grenade in the gift shop. Yeah, that's right. So not mentioned in Britannica, Brian Fagan writing for the Pen Museum, double N, mm. uh, also lists professional pianist and circus horse rider on her varied CV. Oh my At the same goodness. time? So just, like the two people who really 
influenced this whole mythology in, in the last couple hundred years, had those sort of lives of, sounds like they packed in hundreds of years into their lives with the amount of different professions they did. And kooky shit they got up to. Mm. So where does Atlantis come into all of this? Great what? question, Matt. Let me well, feel I was going to ask that just now. I hadn't lost the thread at all. <laughs> I definitely remembered we were still talking about Atlantis. <laughs> and so not it, pen museums. Mm. In her book, The Secret Doctrine, Fagan continues, It's a six-volume work that serves as the basic text for theosophists all over the world. In this work, she wrote about seven root races of humanity. <laughs> Let me just say that I am winning that race. <laughs> You're uh, winning the root race. Uh, do go on. Wait, it's not like golf, Dave, where the lower school wins. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh. That's it. That's the end of the episode, folks. I'll tell you the truth hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Rudy means boning in Australia. Yeah, nice. That's a, that's, is that... Is that clear? It means supporting my in America. Very is, different place. My handicap it? is seven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my handicap is Willie Dry. <laughs> <laughs> Willie drives. I think a minute. I'm like, is that the guy? Yeah. <laughs> Willie drives my caddy. <laughs> uh, so Fagan continues. So she she wrote about the seven root races of humanity. The first consisted of invisible astral jellyfish. Of course. Yeah, of course, obviously. <laughs> obviously. All right, yeah. everyone say one word at a time. Um, <laughs> invisible. Astral. Jellyfish. Jelly. All right. <laughs> so, and the, the way she wrote, I think she sort of collated stuff from bits and pieces everywhere, but also uh, through psychic visions and stuff as well. Fantastic. Yeah, cool. I think she spoke to someone who maybe was at Atlantis at one point and they helped um, give some of the information. So she's got like a, like a, a first source on this. Yeah, mm. that's why there's that's no other... Yeah, and it's not written down. Amazing. So she's got the the first uh, is invisible astral jellyfish. There's seven... I think of all the seven root races, there's also seven sub-races of each. I won't go through all of them. And these become humans or something? Yeah, is so this okay. is the evolution where some... Well, I'll get to us. Okay, great. Terrific. <laughs> so we start with the invisible astral jellyfish. Yeah. Second, we've got the hyperborean who lived near the North Pole and were also bodiless. Next came a race of egg-laying lemurs. I mean, you'd probably be guessing a lot of this anyway. Uh, they had eyes in the back of their heads. They lived on the continent of L- Lemuria, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. located in the Pacific Ocean. Lemuria was... There was a guy who sort of... This was his suggestion of why certain um, lemur fossils were found in some places and not others. He said there was possibly a land that was full of lemurs. Oh, and, yeah, okay. And that was just like his sort of actual science. That was his like theory, mm. which has since been disproven. But anyway, she sort of brought this in as a part of the whole biggest story. Yeah, grab here. some. If, you, if, you, if you're re- really reaching for stuff, just grab some. Yeah, grab it. Bring it in. theories. Uh, apparently, this is still from Fagan on the Penn Museum website. The Lemurians Le- 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 were naughty. They discovered <laughs> sex, which was their downfall. Dave, so you, you're still looking still, good all of a sudden. I'm in good stead. <laughs> uh, their continent was destroyed, leaving only remnants that we now know as Easter Island and Australia. <gasps> what? This used to be Lumeria. Lumeria. Nice. So, so Easter Island several thousand kilometres away. Yeah, that's how big it was. Wow. Mm. Yeah, there's maps of this that showed like it was real big. Lemuria. Yeah, they, and also the Lumerians were really big. Actual size, those heads. Wow. So it was actually only like a short walk. Yeah, uh, you're, yeah. you're right. Uh, so then 
we had the fourth race. They were the people of Atlantis. Um, and then the fifth were ourselves. Nice. So that leaves two more, two to come still. <laughs> and the remaining two are the guardians of our infant humanity. Their home lies in outer space, specifically Venus. All of this is peculiar, strange and exotic and has proved enormously popular ever since the 1880s. These aren't my words. These are <laughs> Fagan's words. Fagan's, yep. So in theosophy, <laughs> fuck, theosophy, <laughs> the Atlanteans were just a stepping stone in evolution. Mm. Uh, what I've read is just a simplification of what they believe. There's obviously a lot more to these root races, but reading about it <laughs> made my headache. Mm. There's so much, it was really like, oh, my head is throbbing yeah. reading about this. So I went to a trusted resource that I've just stumbled across. I don't know, I haven't mentioned it to you before, wikipedia.org. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, is that like a root race website? Well, their, their page on root races was pretty good. So I'm going to read a bit <laughs> from it. Um, this is from that website. Blavatsky's model was developed by later theosophists, most notably William Scott Elliott in The Story of Atlantis in 1896 and The Lost Lemuria in 1904. I've said that differently every time. Uh, Annie Besant further developed the model in Man, Whence, How and Whither, which is one of my favorite <laughs> titles for any book ever in 1913. Uh, both Besant and Scott Elliott relied on information from Charles Webster Ledbetter who obtained his information by astral clairvoyance. That's the way to do it. And it was sort of like it was sort of like meditating until you start just seeing the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and, then you, and then you write it down. Uh, Wiki also talks about Theosophy's beliefs about Atlantis, saying the civilization of Atlantis was at its height between about 1 million and 900,000 years ago, called the Golden Age of Atlantis. Well, that's gone back a bit. That is a million. Back a, that's qu- even, okay. Quite a bit, yeah. Hmm. Um, so there's some discrepancies between what they believe and what science believes. Um, Just some. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Atlanteans had many luxuries and conveniences. Their capital city was called the City of the Golden Gates. At its height, it had two million inhabitants. There were extensive aqueducts leading to the city from a mountain lake. The Atlanteans had airships that could seat two to eight people. Which I love these kind of details about <laughs> yeah, yeah. a million years ago. Two to eight. <laughs> Certainly not 10. Be a squeeze if they did. Yeah. What about one person? Nah, you need two to operate <laughs> the, two, the airship. Yeah. you got to yeah. put the keys in at the same, same time. time. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, the economic system was socialist and the Atlanteans were the first to develop organised warfare. The military deployed air battleships that contained 50 to 100 fighting men. Uh, these air battleships deployed poison gas bombs. Why'd they need the men then? Good Great point. question, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Fighting men. Sorry to pick. Sorry to finally pick a hole in this theory. <laughs> oh, yeah, felt watertight, like mm. that Atlantean dome in DC. <laughs> uh, the infantry fired fire-tipped arrows, oh. and one of the seven Atlantean sub-races, like I said, each root race has seven sub-root races, uh, was the Toltecs, and they ruled Atlantis. The Toltecs went on to colonize all of North America and South America. The downfall of Atlantis started when some of the Toltecs began to practice black magic about 850,000 BC, uh, corrupted by the dragon Thevitat. Oh, oh, there's a dragon. Yeah. Cool, man. Sure, of course. Uh, the people began... <laughs> I mean, at what stage do you just go, all right, I'm a fantasy author. Just buy my fantasy <laughs> books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. 
That's okay. It's okay. That's an all right it thing to be. It doesn't have to be real, it's you know? Okay. I reckon you go You don't have to think it's real for us to buy. You go into the publisher's office and you're like, okay, I've got this book and there's going to be a dragon and there's going to be invisible jellyfish and black magic and 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 lemurs that lay eggs. Yeah. And the publisher goes, oh, this, I'm, we're really looking for some nonfiction. And yeah. you're like, yep. There's a gap in our history book yeah, section. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. that's what I, that's what it is. Great. Yeah, yeah this yes. is real. Yeah. Can whatever, I have an whatever advance, gap in your market please. it is? Yeah, that's, that's what, what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, it's for kids. Yeah, it's a cookbook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 at the end. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Heaps. <laughs> Uh, the people began to become so. The oh, that's, peop- the, that's the preamble to the recipe. Yeah. Like yes. A million years of the like, history. I like you to know the culture of the dish before you try to cook it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, you know, it really bonds you with the food. Absolutely. But then you just get a spatula and you just scrape the eggs <laughs> yeah, for a bit. Right. And, then, and then you put some cheese or whatever in there and then it's yeah. scrambled eggs. And, yeah. <laughs> and you did it. It's, you did it. Serve it with bacon if you want. Yeah. You can buy my next book to learn how to make bacon. <laughs> <laughs> That one written by Francis Bacon. <laughs> of course. Uh, so the Atlantean people began to become selfish and materialistic. Soon thereafter, the Turanians, another subrace, became dominant in much of Atlantis. The Turanians continued the practice of black magic, which reached its height around 250,000 BC and continued until the final sinking of Atlantis. Probably would have been really good at black magic by then. Oh, yeah. Heaps so good. good. That's a lot of time, isn't mm. it? Oh, a lot of sleight of hand practice. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is this your? No. It's oh, a shame. I've been practicing that for 600,000 years. <laughs> well, keeping him in balance, they were actually opposed by white magicians as well. So there, was, there were both black and white magicians there. The master Moira, which is such a great <laughs> name for the master to be. I think of, when I think of Moira, I think of the gift shop on morning TV. But originally... <laughs> Moira was the master who incarnated as the emperor of Atlantis in 220,000 BC to oppose the black magicians. The black magicians used magic spells to breed human-animal chimeras. And they possessed an army composed of chimeras that were composites of a human body with the heads of fierce predators such as lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. uh, (laughs) That ate enemy corpses on the battlefield. Uh, the war between. And maybe, I love it that it's it's not animal bodies with human heads. It's just regular humans. It's just, yeah, just a tiger head or whatever. That's cool. Oh, and they eat the corpses, so they come in after the battle is won. Yeah, thanks just for clean, fighting the clean for up us. team. Mm. Yeah, classic. Uh, the war between the white magicians and the black magicians continued until the end of Atlantis. The masters of the ancient wisdom telepathically warned their disciples, the white magicians, to flee Atlantis in ships while there was still time to get out before the final cataclysm. The final sudden submergence of Atlantis due to earthquakes occurred in 9,564 BC. They were able to get it more precise than a lot of close, people. That's pretty close, yeah. So saying around right. Yeah, it seems that way. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just some sort of opium dream or whatever. <laughs> it's real. What drugs did they have back then? Probably just sugar or something. Yeah. Uh. Just driven them mad with sugar. <laughs> I get it. Mm. I'm not allowed to have Skittles. Yeah. <laughs> I know, Mesa, you want to hear quickly about uh, the 6th and 7th root raises. The yes, ones but not, to come. Yes, but not quickly. Okay. Take your time. All right, I will. Matt, I'd love to hear them quickly. Okay. <laughs> Dave, you're the tiebreaker. <laughs> I'll try quickly and spell or... the difference here. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's have a lot of info on 6, but wrap it up for 7. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want Dave, too much detail. the six. good one? Yeah. <laughs> no, this is the gamble we're taking. So... Uh, as far as the sixth root race, according to C.W. Ledbetter, who was the 
the clairvoyant guy. Mm. A colony will be established in California. I love that. What a spot to set up a colony. The, the six races, the California raisins. <laughs> Uh, in California, it was set up in California by the Theosophical Society under the guidance of the masters of the ancient wisdom in the 28th century. So, still a bit of time to go for us, mm. the uh, the fifth route race. Um, and it's gonna they're going to set up in California for an intensive selective eugenic breeding of the sixth route race. Uh, by that time, the world will be powered by nuclear power and there will be a single world government led by a person who will be the reincarnation of Julius Caesar. Oh, so not Magic Moira. No. But Magic Moira was probably talking through. Right, through Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar yeah. Reincarnated. And that's the, the Grand Poobah, the real leader of the world. Yes. Wow. Tens of thousands of years in the future, a new continent will arise in the Pacific Ocean that will be the future home of the sixth route race. California west of the San Andreas Fault will break off from the mainland of North America and become the island of California off the eastern coast of the new continent. Feels like they must have had some support in California and they really wrote yeah. them into the story. Hope the bloody future leader of the bloody universe doesn't mind bloody Los Angeles traffic, am I right, folks? <laughs> folks? No, more like Los Angeles High, more like a car park. Hollywood sign, Hollywood sign. Uh, the wiki continues, breaking down the seventh and final route race. The seventh route race will arise from the sixth route race on the future <laughs> continent that the sixth route race will be living on. Ran out of steam there. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, the seventh have... one. Oh, it's come from the sixth one. Oh, I forgot that, it. That, that is pretty much how they've all gone. The, the, mm. they, they sort of evolve out of the one prior. Oh, I forgot like at the Pokemon. start. I promised seven. Whoops. The seventh race will be Charmander. <laughs> It's a Pokemon. That's the only Pokemon I could think of. Mewtwo. There we go. Uh, this route race will be the last race to appear on planet Earth. So maybe there will be an eighth one. I'll just be in space. Uh, Theosophist Scott Ramsey predicts that any sexual difference among humans will cease to exist and both conception and birth will become entirely spiritual. Man, this is definitely written by virgins. He also <laughs> writes humanity... No, no more boobs in that. Nah, yuck. Nah, <laughs> yuck. Yeah, nah. He also writes humanity will have a great spiritual development and he describes this development in the following words. Everything that is irredeemably sinful and wicked, cruel and destructive will have been eliminated and that which is found to survive will be swept away from being owing, to, uh, so to speak, to a karmic tidal wave in the shape of scavenger plagues, geological convulsions and other means of destruction. Just be wiped out. I mean, you know, it's... It sounds like if you get stuck in any religion, there's a lot of fanciful stuff, right? Yeah, and there's a lot of end time stuff as well, isn't yeah. there? There's always yeah. they're always opening seals and fires coming out and that. So you know, I mean, I think it's this is this is pretty possible stuff. Maybe who I don't know. I'm not the one to say. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts later. But <laughs> annoyingly, we won't be around to know if they're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Disappointing. We could leave a time capsule or something. Oh, that's cool. I think yeah, maybe yeah. there is like. I think this might also include stuff like reincarnation and stuff, maybe. So maybe we will be around. Yeah, that's true. Maybe one of us will be Julius Caesar. <gasps> yes. Shotgun. <laughs> Shotgun <Duh! not. laughs> I don't want all that pressure. <laughs> so it's all pretty wild stuff. Uh, by the way, when... <laughs> Disagree. I think it is normal stuff. <laughs> it's the normal stuff I Very think of every day. Understandable, believable, this logical This is what I would have written as well if I was writing Theosophy. Uh, so when Fagan described the fifth route race as ourselves, meaning current humans, Blavatsky's writing actually calls this route race as Aryans. 
um, which was mentioned by Donnelly as well, Arians, which I think is a defunct thing. I, d- I never really knew what Arians. Whenever I hear Arians, I normally think of one thing. Mm-hmm. And yes, apparently the Nazis were big fans of Blavatsky's stuff. Uh, according to Sereno, foundational works of Nazi philosophy such as Alfred Rosenberg's The Myth of the 20th Century are based around a racial theory that posits that modern white Europeans were descended from the Hyperborean people of Atlantis, all based on ideas from Blavatsky's work. There you go. Good one, Blavatsky. Uh, Giving stuff to the Nazis that believe, believe the stuff you... Goose. <laughs> what a goose. Anyway, enough about root races. Let's move on. We're, uh, we're, geez, we're on the home stretch here. Um, it's fair to say that the Atlantis Plato wrote about has evolved to be almost unrecognizable via the writings of people like Donnelly and Blavatsky. Uh, author of Meet Me in Atlantis, Mark Adams, is one of the current experts on Atlantis. He popped up in many of the articles I read. Uh, he became an expert by traveling the world, speaking to other Atlantis experts. Uh, and Atlantis a- experts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Not that many of those. <laughs> uh, Wired wrote an article after interviewing Adams saying that today we think of Atlantis as an advanced civilization living in a bubble city underneath the sea, which is a far cry from Plato's story. The more fantastical elements were supplied by supposed psychics like Madame Blavatsky, who claimed that Atlantis fell after the beginning uh, after they began breeding centaur like sex slaves through black magic. So I didn't I didn't come across the sex slave part of the I think this guy's added a bit of that. He's <laughs> like, yeah, crazy stuff like centaur sex slaves. <laughs> think about that. Give that a go. Pretty hot. Run that through your mind, eh? <laughs> but uh, Adams Adams apparently doesn't expect Plato's version to return to prominence anytime soon. Because it's boring. Yeah, basically he says Blavatsky's version's a lot sexier. Makes sense that that's the one that people <laughs> like in movies and in pop culture. Uh, this Sex side- sells. That's oh, true. Yes. Imagine an Aquaman where it's like, yeah, we're all just very intellectual here. And- yeah, he's just drowned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole movie where he's just floating face down. Uh, (laughs) This idea, this is uh, from our man, Mark Adams. This idea that the Atlanteans were a super race, none of this appears in Plato. He says they had some big boats, but none of this stuff about mining and advanced wisdom appears in the original story. It's really Donnelly who starts the ball rolling and people like Madame Blavatsky. She gets involved, the theosophist. And she is the one who says it was an ancient race a million years ago and they had nuclear power airships and magic crystals. It's really that era that invents the Atlantis that we now know, uh, which is the reason why if you talk to a philosophy professor or an ancient history professor, nobody in academia takes Atlantis seriously. He was saying how when he wanted to start getting involved in it, he emailed a few professors saying, I'd love to talk to you about Atlantis and maybe trying to find it. And, and one of them replied, if you don't want your whole career to turn a shit, you'll abandon this now. Your name will be mud. Wow. And so he is the foremost expert. Well, he seems but to be one he, of them. But he's sort of he like, he's, he's more of a layman guy. No, I don't think he really believes in it, but he's just sort of interested in the mythology. Sounds like yeah. a lot of academics are like, don't look into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it yeah. yeah, it sounds cool and sexy. Yeah. Like people would know about it and we're going down to Atlantis having sex parties with centaurs <laughs> and we're doing, we're doing evil black magic, but don't look into it. Don't look yeah. into it. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't look into it, buddy. Don't look into it. Yeah, don't. career's over if you look into it, mate. Yeah, yeah definitely don't cr- go over there. Your career is mud, seems that's a real threat. Yeah, mm. mud's bad. Yeah, yeah. 
Your family will be killed you know by what? me if you don't stop with you know this, with this trident. <laughs> I'll try to you to death. Mud's what happens when you mix water with land. <gasps> Is it a clue? Yes. Uh, it's not not a clue. It's not a clue. People continue to search, of course. A Googling Atlantis founds results in many stories from mainstream news sources reporting on new discoveries of Atlantis, mm. such as NBC's headline, Lost City of Atlantis Believed Found Off Spain, <laughs> or Express.co.uk's Atlantis Found Clear and Obvious <laughs> Evidence of Plato's Lost City Sunk Near Britain. Oh, near Britain. Uh, it seems to be found in a new location every few years. I found it on my toast. <laughs> Did my toast and then Atlantis was on the oh toast. Oh, my God. Did you still eat it? Yeah. Oh, Meso. It's the last one. Atlantis it's was hiding in plain sight all along. <laughs> the crust edge on it. I had to eat it. It was the last yeah, one. Yeah, you got it. Uh, according to our man, Willie Dry, uh, there were many theories about where Atlantis was in the Mediterranean off the coast of Spain, even under what is now Antarctica. Pick a spot on the map and someone has said that Atlantis was there. <gasps> My house. <laughs> yep. That's according to Charles Orser, curator of history at the New York State Museum in Albany. Every place you can imagine. All right. So I'm going to finish by giving you um, six theories. Are you going to go through the theories and then we vote? We vote as a yeah, group that's, that's on what I want whether to hear. Atlantis is real or All not. Right, after the seventh this. theory. And that is definitive. All of the above. I say number four. <laughs> Without hearing any of them. Number wow, four. Right. Okay, interesting. All right. So this, this <laughs> was... Partic- Atlantis was based around the, 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 the idea that Jess Perkins was real dumb. <laughs> you <laughs> voted for it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it got me. So writing for history.com, Sarah Pruitt summarized the top six theories about Atlantis. Here they are. Number one, Atlantis was a mid-Atlantic continent that suddenly sunk into the ocean. This is the idea that Atlantis was an actual historical place and not just a legend invented by Plato. This is, you know, Donnelly's, mm. those sort of types. Okay. Uh, number two, Atlantis was swallowed up by the Bermuda Triangle. Ooh. Good one. Another, yeah, that's a bad. Another yeah, previous yeah, yeah, report yeah. as well. Yeah. In the 1970s, Charles Belitz, author of many books on paranormal phenomena, claimed Atlantis was a real continent located off the Bahamas that had fallen victim to the notorious Bermuda Triangle. Well, you get anything, won't it? It's bloody triangle. <laughs> I know. Yeah. yeah. Bottomless bloody pit. It is insatiable. Triangle, the sexiest <laughs> of all shapes as we... Yeah. Yeah. I lost my car keys the other day. Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle. triangle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it mentions that the Bermuda Triangle is a region of the Atlantic where a number of ships had supposedly disappeared under mysterious circumstances. I did a report on it, which I don't really remember, but <laughs> it involved uh, Barbados Bub- Bubba Dos. and manganese mm. from memory. They're the two major bits of Barbados. <laughs> uh, supporters of this theory point to the discovery of what look like man-made walls and streets found off the coast of Bimini, although scientists have evaluated these structures and found them to be natural beach rock formations. That's what they want you to think. Yeah, that's right. That seems convenient. Number mm. three. Atlantis was Antarctica. Rebranded. Yeah. (laughs) Another theory that Atlantis was actually a much more temperate version of what is now Antarctica is based on the work of Charles Hapgood, whose 1958 book Earth Shifting Crust, (laughs) made me hungry for pizza somehow, featured Mm. a foreword by Albert Einstein. Uh, Oh, late Albert Einstein revealed. (laughs) <laughs> Pretty good. According to Hapgood, around 12,000 years ago, the Earth's crust shifted, displacing the continent that became Antarctica from a location much further north than it is today. This more temperate 
continent was home to an advanced civilization, but the sudden shift to its current frigid location doomed the civilization's inhabitants, the Atlanteans. And their magnificent city was buried under layers of ice. Mm. Hapgood's theory surfaced before the scientific world gained a full understanding of plate tectonics, which largely relegated his shifting crust idea to the fringes of Atlantean beliefs. Mm. Number four, this is one that Jess believes. Here we believes. go. Oh, here here we we go. go. Come on, Bob. This is what you reckon, Jess. Yes, yeah, is what I think and I believe. The story of Atlantis was a mythical retelling of the Black Sea Flood, a yep. real... Jess, please elaborate. Well... This theory presumes Atlantis Look itself this way. was fictional. <laughs> Look this way and elaborate. Matt has really big font. Yeah, I and thought my he would. eyesight's not that bad. Um, no, Matt, I reckon you, you, you've done all this writing. Oh, right. I, I really prefer to yeah, let Matt no, tell yeah, the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's worked so hard on this report. Mm. Especially this deep into the report, people are nodding off. We don't want someone to start talking with energy. <laughs> snapping them out of their slumber. Uh, this theory presumes Atlantis itself was fictional. As I was saying. But the story of its demise was inspired by an actual historical event. The breaching of the Bosporus, the Bosporus by the Mediterranean Sea and subsequent flooding of the Black Sea around 5600 BC. So maybe they just got it 4,000 years wrong. Mm. Uh, at the time, the Black Sea was a freshwater lake, half its current size. The flooding inundated civilizations known to flourish along its shore with hundreds of feet of seawater in a short period of time, perhaps less than a year. Uh, as inhabitants of the region scattered, they spread tales of the delu- deluge and may have led thousands of years later to Plato's account of Atlantis. I mean, if you think it like in 360 BC... What's the difference between 9,600 years and 5,600 yeah. years when it's a game of telephone anyway? Right? Yeah, I mean 4,000. Yes, that's true. Mathematically, <laughs> yes. Mathematically, that's mathematically. Very, very correct, actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, Good theory, Jess. Yeah, that is not, that, that's probably mm. one of the better ones. I know. <laughs> you guys all think, oh, Jess, dumb. But yet, time and time again, she proves herself only a little bit dumb. <laughs> Number five. Atlantis is the story of the Minoan civilization which flourished in the Greek island circa 2500 to 1600 BC. This one seems to be maybe one of the ones that gets a gets a bit more um, traction. One of the more recent Atlantean theories concerns the civilization that flourished on the Greek islands of Crete and Thera. Just say that like it's written. Now Santorini. Uh, more than 4,000 years ago. The Minoans, named for the legendary King Minos, uh, believed to be Europe's first great civilization, the Minoans built splendid palaces, constructed paved roads, and were the first Europeans to use a written language. Uh, Linear A. At the height... I don't know if that's what it is or if that's something else, but I'm just still reading the words of old mate Pruitt. It just said bracket Linear A. If I go back to the (laughs) website, it'll be like a... That'll be like a hyperlink to an ad. (laughs) Uh, Get a pair of linear A's. (laughs) So comfortable. By now I get 30% off. Uh, At the height of their power, however, the Minoans suddenly disappeared from history. An enduring mystery that has fueled belief in a link between this great doomed civilization and Plato's Atlantis. Historians believed around 1600 BC, a massive earthquake shook the volcanic island of Thera, uh, triggering... An eruption that spewed 10 million tons of rock, ash, and gas into the atmosphere. Tsunamis that followed the eruption were large enough to wipe out Minoan cities throughout the region. 
a devastation that may have made Minoans vulnerable to invaders from the Greek mainland. So that that one, um, you know, some people are right. If you base it on something, that maybe that's where the story came from. Mm. And finally, six, Atlantis didn't exist at all. Plato mm. invented it. Most historians and scientists throughout history have come to the conclusion that Plato's account of the lost kingdom of Atlantis was fictional. According to this argument, the Greek philosopher invented Atlantis as his vision of an ideal civilization and intended the story of its demise to be a cautionary tale of the gods punishing human hubris. No written records of Atlantis exist outside of Plato's dialogues, including in any of the numerous other texts that survive from ancient Greece. Furthermore, despite modern advances in oceanography and ocean floor mapping, no trace of such a sunken civilization has ever been found. So that, that's what a lot of people, they're like, in those 9,000 years, there was a, there's still a lot of writings that exist today. And you'd think this superpower with advanced technologies and stuff, or, you know, this advanced civilization that disappeared under the water, mm. someone mm. might have mentioned it at some point. Yeah, it's going to turn up somewhere you'd think. Now, Matt, if I had a suggestion for the next time you do a report on the history of Atlantis, yes. maybe lead with that. The thing where it doesn't exist, probably, <laughs> and then ask the rest of the group if they would like to continue with the report. <laughs> because some people might feel like their time has been wasted, Matt. <laughs> you get to the end, and they say probably wasn't real. Probably and you feel bullshit. A bit stupid. It was all a dream. Oh. No, I mentioned that towards the top. I did feel like I wasn't listening towards the top. <laughs> I don't get listening. Mention it every every five ten, minutes. Five minutes. Yes. Gosh. So what? What do you reckon, Jess? Obviously, number thought, four. Number four. Do you have any any thoughts? Or maybe maybe you've got your own theory, Dave. Uh, I actually think they're all right. Yeah. Wow. At the same time, I believe them all, especially the jellyfish man one. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. Root race number Invisible one. Invisible as well. Invisible mm. flying jellyfish. Yeah. 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 I well, think that they've got astral jellyfish. Astral jellyfish. Yeah. Oh, I call them invisible flying yeah, jellyfish. Yeah, yeah, this is my little one. nickname for them. And um, yeah, I think that they somehow have connected up with the mole people who pulled a plug. Yep. That that plug actually sucked the island down towards the the every child's the, bath time fear. Yeah, exactly. The whirlpool. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. The island went down in one day. The mole people obviously enslaved mm. uh, the Atlanteans, and then Aquaman saves the day. That's oh. nice. That's pretty good. That's, That's my prediction. Right. But in the year 2800, sadly, we will not be here for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah my yeah. prediction. Also, the, the mole man's a Marvel property, and, and Aquaman is from DC, so I don't... Well, in the year 2800, oh. we finally learned to get Disney, along. Disney will have acquired everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Wait, is mo- mole man's an actual... Yeah, he's a fantastic four villain. Oh, you know that, I did not know that. <laughs> I mean, they, you'd struggle to come up with one. We've done this before, yeah, I think. Correct. You just say a random sequence, yeah, string of string I've, of words. I've, I've got crabs on my socks. Is there a crab man? Ah, uh, probably crustaceo. Crustaceo, <laughs> yeah, the great crustaceo. <laughs> crab man makes you really itchy. Mm. Forgot to mention before when we we're talking about Aquaman and that Scuba Steve of from course. Big Daddy. <laughs> Scuba Steve. I'm Scuba Steve, if I'm remembering that right. What about you, Meso? Uh, well, I was thinking as you were going through it, I th- one seemed pretty plausible and so did six. So I'm going to I'm gonna meet in the middle and say theory three and a half. Great. Somewhere in between three and four. Yep. Nine yeah. Nine and three quarters. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's probably the most plausible. Uh so yeah, so you reckon that it might maybe it, it either did exist yep. mm-hmm. or did not exist. Yes, Correct. yes, that's exactly right. Wow, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. so des- yeah. decisive. Yeah, I'm brave. It's like that guy's cat, only an island. Yeah, yep, that's right. You know exactly. What I mean? Yeah, yeah. Schrodinger's island. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, so I and I I said that was to finish, but I got a, I did say at the start that I was going to read out a YouTube comment because this is it's one of those ones where people are fully believing in it and they're like, yeah, do your own research. Uh, you don't believe the mainstream or lamestream media and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Would you Would you put them in the same basket as flat earthers? Do you think? I I because I would. <laughs> I put them all in there. They're the same. Look, I don't. I've got to do some more of my own research before yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, I sure, jump sure. to a conclusion on that one. But um, so I, I watched part of this. You know these like National Geographic shows where they're like they talk around in circles for an hour mm-hmm. and they show some graphics and there's some they've gone to a deep sea dive site and that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And there's a lot of overlay of the like the scientists walking along the beach picking yes. up like driftwood. And then and it's <laughs> and there's like the uh it's you know, like the movie ad guy voice doing the voiceover, it's real big and they found you'll never believe yeah. what they found next. That sort of stuff. <laughs> mm. So I watched part of one of these videos and people loved it in the comments. It's had like millions and millions of views. Uh and one guy, the first one that I read that was sort of like didn't hadn't drunk the Kool Aid or had the red pill or whatever, depending <laughs> on which way you want to look at it. Um, he wrote, "Hee hee, this is." <laughs> I don't think any of us expected that. <laughs> Actually, I could see it written. <laughs> Outside, not screaming at the moon. It's absolutely, yeah. <laughs> what? And I didn't even set it up. This, this comment, so good, man. This comment is actually written from the perspective of Plato. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I. <laughs> Maybe I should finally tell everyone it was a metaphor. Nah. Uh, smiley face emoji Okay, so this got quite a few likes Maybe 160 likes And is that like So the account says Plato No, uh, whoever it was said I signed off Plato, Plato. Uh, mm. Two dots, one above the yeah, other Yeah, yes Yeah, yeah, yeah Colon Colon mm. uh, Then uh, Got a longish rebuttal from another uh, user You know, not that long But let me read part of it Aristotle and this, this is someone <laughs> Aristotle <laughs> Lol <laughs> I, I, I get the I read this too late I'm like oh, I'd love to look Because it seems like They've You know They've taken to another level And probably mm-hmm. taken in Some of the People we've talked about before But It reads The Aztecs had Aztlan The Norse had Asgard And the Pharaohs had Atlantis And they all say It was somewhere out in the Atlantic Where their royalty came from He's saying These are different names Of the same place Yeah, mm. yeah. Loki gave Odin his horse and Odin gave us the runes. I'm not sure how that's relevant, but Osiris gave Egypt its technology and Thoth gave us the alphabet. Kukulkan regenerated... <laughs> What's a Kukulkan? Well, he, was a, he was an Aztec guy. He regenerated the Aztecs after the apocalypse and Hutzil Pocotili. I haven't looked up any. This is just a comment, okay? So Kukulkan. Have you guys considered maybe you could... You could you could pivot away from reports and just just talk about YouTube comments. Yeah, just do podcasts for you do great that. Great show. Co- yeah, it's called "Don't Read the Comments," mm-hmm. where oh. we read the comments so you don't have to. Oh, <laughs> that's fun. Um, 
And then, yeah, Hootsilpoktil mm-hmm. stood as the eagle-headed father of war and the receiver of fallen warriors. Mm. The aquatic serpent. The, this is a, a reply to hee-hee. <laughs> <laughs> but I imagine if someone's going hee-hee, it's all a joke and it's the, like this is your life's work. You'd yeah. be like, you would be pretty much... Furious. You'd be like, I Steam do not think so, hee hee. Yeah. <laughs> Let me break it down Opposite for you. Opposite of hee hee. Mm. Uh, I refer you to Kukul Can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the aquatic serpent being taken over, uh, succeeded by the eagle. It should sound familiar if you take mythology or ancient history seriously at all. No! <laughs> oh, that's so good! But if you truly are unable to comprehend this, the blue pill is probably best for your own sanity. Uh oh. Wow. So, Plato there's gonna write so a reply much there. in there. Did, yeah. yeah, did Plato reply? He, Plato didn't reply. He, he. <laughs> Lol. Lol. So Lameo. Yeah. I mean, this reply came months later, so I don't know if, yeah. if Plato's dropping in that often. But anyway, that's the, that's the end of my report. That I mean, I do find that sort of stuff does excite me a bit when someone goes, what, what if Asgard and... Atlantis mm. and all these places were just different names of the same magical mm. place that really existed. You can see why people would get excited yeah. by that idea. Well, I guess the question is, they say do your own research. You've done your own research. What do you think? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I feel like I'm... Too close I'm to it. T- I'm too close, but also mm. I've only scraped... <laughs> I feel like I'm dangerously close. Oh, yeah, goodness. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know... Yeah. Um, I've also got... What's that thing with the, the graph where you have a little bit of knowledge is dangerous... I'm beyond that now. Oh, yeah. I'm on yeah. that downward slope Fruit where I'm yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's so much in this. Matt, what have you what are you hiding under that mullet? Is it <laughs> gills, Matt? <laughs> oh. Yes. Under these big boots, I've got little wings on That's my feet. That's what I thought. Uh yeah, so I but I mean, when I when this topic got voted up, I'm like what what am I gonna talk about? What is this? How do you do this as a report? But as, as it turns out, you could it, you could do a whole series on it it's mm. like there's so much stuff in there and it's it is i find it pretty fascinating but yeah it is am- amazing some people have just taken the ball and run with it from what sounds like was just a bit of a parable written by plato mm. yeah mm. sadly that does sound like the most logical yeah that seems like it's but, but it is also very possible that he based it on some re- like he got inspiration from somewhere i guess yeah i just don't yeah who knows um obviously i've got to take the right coloured pill. I mean, obviously, give Plato a bit of credit. He probably could have come up with it. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Apparently, he borrowed a lot from Egyptian, old Egyptian um, mythology and stuff as well. Cop that, Plato. Cop that. Oh, the Plato. <laughs> Plato boys are going to be in my replies now. Hee <laughs> hee, he, you're wrong. Hee <laughs> <laughs> hee. Mace, thanks so much for joining us. What a joy. I always, always love being on the Do Go On. Love listening to Do Go On. Not this episode. I won't listen back to myself. <laughs> fair. That's uh, fair. But what a... Wow. I hear you. Yeah. Uh, not but, you. I hear you with me. Oh, okay. yeah. So, yeah. And yeah. I've got to edit this. It's <laughs> going to be a nightmare. Uh, 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 these are like the kinds a- of things I don't realise I say. Um, uh, <laughs> 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 At the start of every sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it takes 15 minutes for you to say a sentence. Oh, man. It's a nightmare. <laughs> So, lis- listeners, what's left in, that's the cleanest stuff. That's the yeah. good stuff. That's me being erudite, uh, if I'm using that word Always great to be part of Blocktober. Oh, yeah. I wish you the best of luck with the rest of Blocktober. Thank you. I hope people's bloody minds are blown by by the remaining Thank you Blocktober so much. I topics. Mean, this we is really hope so. an epic topic, but there's still three to go. Yeah. Yeah, the, the big three, you know, mm. the podium. 
Mate, so I reckon if we had a big rock face that had the presidents of America <laughs> sketch, you know, you'd be one of those four. I'd be one of the presidents of America. Yeah. I reckon Thanks, you'd man. be Lincoln. Is Lincoln that means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be the Lincoln. If yeah. it was up to us. Um, big time. Yeah, I don't know if the three of us would make it. No. For the, the do go on, what's it called? Wall of President Faces? Joe, Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan. He'd be on there. Joe yeah. Rogan would be on it, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What He'll is that Mount Rushmore? Mount Rushmore. Mm. He forgets every time. Yeah. But you're That's obsessed okay. with it. Yeah, I love yeah. Mount Rushmore. I love saying <laughs> things are the Mount Rushmore of something. Yeah, mm. it's fun. Like, I think if uh, the Ninja Turtles Mount faces? Rushmore, I'd have Donatello, uh, Michelangelo. Go on. Uh, Raphael. Yes. And Bebop. Oh, nice. what would be a little what? twist there? Little that was twist no, I liked it. End. I liked it. The old rule of four, basically. What, what would what would be on your Mount Rushmore of Mount Rushmores? Oh. Like a, of like rock faces. What Ooh. would be on them? I'd probably have Mount Rushmore. Yeah, nice, no, good. Um, Infinitely recursive Mount Rushmore. I like it. Yeah. Uh, then I'd have that Mount Rushmore with the Mount Rushmores on it. Oh yeah, cool, nice. That's and then great. I'd have that Mount Rushmore. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. And then I would have the Great Wall of China. Yes. Oh yeah, great one. Great mm-hmm. choice. Yeah. Great rock face. That's yep. You know, you could interpret it that way. Mm-hmm. I don't see things in black and white like you may say. Yeah. Oh, is it a rock face? Is it not a rock yeah, face? That's true, I think yeah. some, sometimes the truth exists between the two. Well, I've got a lot. I've got. I'm going to go away. I've got a lot to think about. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you want to hear more about, uh, well, more from you may. So every week you do a podcast about comic books and things like Jim the Submariner. That's right. Things like that. Yeah. Uh, called the Weekly Planet. That's right. What we, a great, great show it is. We have a good His time. His name is not Jim. There's no more. Oh, whatever. I couldn't remember it. <laughs> his friends, his secret identity is yeah, Jim. I know him as Jim. <laughs> Matt. Come on. Okay. Yeah. Oh, but that comes out every week. You That's and Mr. Right. Mr. Sunday Movies. So many great episodes to catch up on. We but, have a uh, good old time. We're finally, uh, Melbourne's not in a lockdown anymore, so we can actually go to the cinema and see some movies. Ooh. So that's going to be exciting. What's top of the list? I've got to see, I've got to see two Marvel movies. We've got shang Chi's coming out and The yes. Eternals. Yep. I see those. There's a James Bond movie that's been... <sighs> Coming out for two or three years I've at this point. Isn't it interesting to get to see? You normally see advanced screenings yes. before there's too much knowledge of what, what it is. Yeah. This time you're like two of the, at least two of those have been canned pretty harshly. Maybe, so you yeah. had your expectations set low before seeing that will affect Matt, your Matt, viewing I just, pleasure. Matt, I just love the cinema. I just love everything's uh, an A plus. Popcorn. For me. Yeah, yeah. Choc tops. No, choc tops, and I have no, I have no taste. So just, wow. Probably. That's a COVID. Yeah, it's probably COVID actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thanks so much what, for joining us. What mate. a delight! So thanks. You've got to go. You got to go live your life, and we're about to do everyone's favourite section of the show. So yes, it is time for everyone's favourite part of the show, the fat quote or question segment, or really, just in broad terms, for the next half an hour ish, we like to thank our supporters, the people who make this show happen, and um, they do so by signing up at patreoncom pod or dogoonpod.com. And there's a bunch of different levels uh, that you can sign up to and you get all sorts of different rewards depending on the level. Dave, what are some examples of the things? We are now doing three bonus episodes a month at the moment, including one bonus report, one episode of our Phrasing the Bar, Brendan Fraser podcast and something else like a quiz or something fun. And if you sign up to the bonus episode level or above, you get access to those three new ones every month. And as well as that, you get access to 120 other episodes we've already recorded. So... Lots of stuff to catch up on there. You can get part of the Facebook group, which is a lot of fun. Pre-sale tickets. Uh, you get to vote on topics to steer the direction of this show. So lots and lots of stuff. Yes, yeah, so that's great. And if, I mean, if, if you don't have the money to get involved in that way, you can always support the show in other ways, like uh, telling friends, 
all those sort of things. Giving us a five-star review on your podcast app. I had a look the other day. We've had one in the last three months. <laughs> so it's really, really ki- kicking along nicely on there. People loving to review. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so firstly, what we like to do in this section of the show is uh, our fact, quote, or question section, which has a little jingle. I think it goes something like this. Fact, quote, or question. Yes, that's how it goes. And he always remembers the ding. Now, on this section, people who sign up to the Sydney Scheinberg level, one of those websites that I mentioned before, they get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question. Uh, I don't read them out till I read them out. And I'm going to read four of them out right now. The first one comes from one Ben Johnson, uh, who I've met a few times all around the world. What a guy, Ben Johnson. He also gets to give himself a title. Uh, and Ben's given himself the title, Tom Cruise's Unemployed Stunt Double. <laughs> uh, that, Tom, just give him a, a go. Just give him a go, for God's sake. You don't have to do everything. You're 60 years old. Dave really hates that Tom Cruise does his own stunts, and uh, I think Ben's playing into that fact there, which is fun. Uh, so, Ben has written uh, a fact, which is... As well as being well know, a well-known member of the scientific community, Stephen Hawking is also a thoughtful pop... Uh, is also known throughout pop culture, particularly within the sci-fi community. Hawking made cameos as himself in several popular shows, including several episodes of The Big Bang Theory and voicing multiple appearances in The Simpsons and Futurama. Possibly his favourite cameo was his first when he played a holographic version of himself playing poker with Albert Einstein and Isaac Newton in an episode of Star Trek New Generation, or Next Generation. While making his cameo, Hawking was given a tour of the set, during which he requested and was allowed to sit in the captain's chair of the USS Enterprise. Leonard Nimoy arranged for Hawking to make an appearance after learning Hawking was a fan of the show at the release party of the home video version of Hawking's book, A Brief History of Time. An all-time classic book that is perfect for some kind of hour-long summary podcast. (laughs) No, Ben's bringing that up because he gave that book to me once. (laughs) (laughs) Nice try, Ben. He said, if you happen to know of one. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Ben. He gave that to me a few years ago when we first went to England. It's a very interesting book. I just don't know if I'll be able to summarize. A Brief History of Time. How do you make that briefer? <laughs> yeah, right. That's a, Dave, that's a fun that challenge like, for someone like, like you, a, I reckon. Yeah, it sounds like a real coward. <laughs> yeah, mm. Talking there. Oh, Bit yeah, of a cop-out. Oh, so I couldn't. No, I can't do it, coward. <laughs> Ben's given you the book. He's giving so you the book. All you have to book. do is open it. Open it and open Start your mind. Start summarizing, you bloody coward. <laughs> all right. You know what I'm like with peer pressure. I always give in. I think calling someone a coward is very funny. Yeah. Coward. Coward. Won't even do a podcast after, about that specific book. Yeah, it's like it's a ridiculous thing. Anyway, coward. Thank you for that, Ben. The next one comes from Nathan Damon, who's given himself the title of Ideas Man. And he's asking a question, which is, wouldn't it be great if restrictions allow if the Dugo Honours was done as a live stream? Then we could see you guys get dressed up, walk the red carpet, and the joy of your faces as you receive your well-earned awards. Uh, you could get someone like Nick Mason or Evan Munro Smith to host. More of a suggestion than a question. <laughs> but I'll give you my answer anyway. 
Yes, it would be great. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Love you all and stay safe. All right, Thanks, we, Nathan. We're going to need a new topic. We've got fact, quote, question, brag or suggestion. Yeah, fact, <laughs> quote, question, brag or suggestion. That's great. I um I should make that change in the in the form they fill out. Uh yeah, suggestions box. Uh, I don't know if I should break it to Nathan or not about the. No 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 uh, yeah, no no don't. Don't. Nah. I just because sometimes I'm only wearing my tuxedo on the top half and I'm fully nude below and I, I just don't know if that would work in a stream. And I wouldn't want you to to have to change that. It's a tradition. Yeah. Um, and I, I wouldn't want you to have to put on pants. <laughs> I wouldn't want that for you. I love you too much to make you put on pants. I appreciate that. You support me, uh, which is maybe ironic because I don't have any pants doing that. Um, okay, so thank you so much to you, Nathan. The next one comes from Julian Barnes, who is offering... Oh, firstly, Julian's got the title of Short, Fat and Proud of That. I love the rhyming title. Yeah. And Julian is offering a quote, which is, up, down, up. When I up, down, touch the ground, it puts me in the mood. Up, down, touch the ground, in the mood for food. I'm a stout round and have found, speaking poundage-wise, I improve my appetite when I exercise. Oh, yes, I'm rumbly in the tumbly. Time for something sweet. I'm short, fat, and proud of that. And so, with all my might, I up, down, up, down to my appetite's delight. While I up, down, touch the ground, I think of things to chew. With a hefty, happy appetite, I'm a hefty, happy poo. (laughs) That's Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh quote there. I love that. That was, it's like beautiful, like spoken word. I loved it. Mm. I hope I did it justice. Oh, definitely. Um, I think you absolutely nailed it. I think in the original Winnie the Pooh wraps it, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. My name is Winnie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for that, Julian. <laughs> Love hearing a bit of, bit of poo work there. <laughs> I know Jess is a big fan of Scar, so she would have enjoyed that too. Love um, it. And finally, this week, uh, Rachel Johnson has written in, aka Little Miss Twinkle Toes. And uh, Little Miss Twinkle Toes, aka Rachel Johnson, has offered us a fact, which is there is only one US state capital which does not have a McDonald's. Oh, I wonder no. if Dave will know this. Would you have a Would you have a guess, Dave? Um. Uh, Alaskan capital? Or just give us the state. What's the state? I would say Alaska. It's not Alaska. It is your very favourite state, Vermont. No, it is not Vermont. Surely. (laughs) Do you know the capital of of Vermont? Obviously, I'm just taking Rachel's word. Is it like Montpellier, something like that? It is Montpellier. Well done. I've never heard of Montpellier. But they don't have a McDonald's. Actually, I've looked it up before because, you know, I love... Big Vermont fan, but I think there's only a population of like you know, ten thousand, fifteen thousand, which is like so, so unimaginable for a capital. Yeah, but pl- I mean, that's that, that's th- enough people for a Macca's. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. there's definitely towns in Victoria, Australia, where we live that have. Yeah, there'd Macca's. be three McDonald's in a in town, a town that size. size. Yeah. <laughs> uh, You'd have oh, the good a- one and the shit one at least. 
<laughs> and everyone wanted to know which one you meant. Population, all right, I've looked it up here, 7,500. Still, that's... <laughs> 7,500. That's enough for a Macca's, surely. Enough for yeah. a Macca's. But great fact. For, I don't doubt you, Rachel. Great fact. Thank you, Rachel. Fantastic fact. All right. The other thing we like to do, of course, is thank a few of our other great supporters. Jess, you normally come up with a little bit of a game. Mm. So these supporters have been on the shout-out level, um, which I forget what it's called. Maybe it's the Dreamboat Cooper level or above. And uh, they get shouted out. Jess comes up with a game. Something to do with the episode normally. Yeah. I was thinking, you know how Atlantis, like, sunk to the bottom of the ocean? Oh, yeah. Yes. I was thinking, where did their city disappear to? (laughs) I love it. (laughs) All right. Well, if I can kick it off, I would love to firstly thank from Odense in Denmark, DK. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Donkey Kong. Oh, Donkey Kong. And it was either Donkey or Diddy or Denmark. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would love to thank Mikkel Hans-Peterson. You know what? I reckon I reckon it was a, a guy called Chris Peterson in my high school who had the nickname Denmark. Whoa. I think Peterson might be quite a big Danish name based on that small sample size. Or it's a relation. Oh. Mikael, do you know do you know Christopher? <laughs> to your cousin? Uh, Alright, where we'll wait for your answer. <laughs> where did Mikael's uh, city slash island disappear to? Yeah, where did the the city of Odense disappear? Well, I mean, it's got to be down the back of the couch. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's always gotta... it's always there, man. Look for that. You Look can't quite reach it. You got to get the cushions up. <laughs> We're talking like the cosmic couch. Oh yeah, some, there's some big couch, and it's yeah. Wow. Yeah, the cosmic couch. I love it. <laughs> Thank you, Mikael. Hopefully, uh, life down the back of that big old cosmic couch is fine. Hopefully, you've got you had enough time to create a dome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to protect you from the horrors of the back of the cosmic couch. It's probably a bit yeah, dark. Coins and keys. Uh, I'd also love to thank from San Antonio in Texas in the United States, David Wilmore. Where did San Antonio? They've got the Spurs. That's their basketball team. Maybe they fell down the back of a cowboy boot. Yes. (laughs) The back of a cowboy boot as opposed to the front of a cowboy boot. The cosmic cowboy boot? The cosmic cowboy (laughs) boot, that's right. (laughs) Obviously, everyone at one time or another has fallen down the old cosmic cowboy boot. And, uh, yeah, I think they'll be pretty happy there, the San Antonio peoples down down the cowboy boot. Um, if I know anything about San Antonio, it is that their basketball team is called the Spurs. So, um, <laughs> you know again, a small sample size of knowledge, but <laughs> I know it's it's one of the big cities of Texas. Texas has got a, quite a few. It's one of the big boys there. Big boys. Yeah. Thank you very much, David, for your all your support. Uh, hopefully, you're wearing a ten gallon hat right now. That would make me happy. I would, I would Send a photo so, yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much to Dave. Finally from me, I'd love to thank, a bit closer to home, from Ballarat in Victoria, Australia, Justin Rayburn. Now, Ballarat's Oof. got a couple of Maccas. Definitely big enough for a Maccas, right? Hot they got, home they, got a, of, they got a couple. Home of Plugger as well, Tony Plugger Lockett's from Ballarat. Best, and also my, Danny Spud Frawley. My personal favourite Maccas, the Bakery Hill one. Um, and they, Ballarat has disappeared into... 
Lake Wendoree. Um, oh. Yeah, the, the lake within Ballarat has oh. sucked everything else into it. Ah, oh, sounds like a flood. It's sort of like um, I, I did a little uh, Treehouse of Horror um, marathon this week because it was Halloween last week. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, in the first one, season two, the house, the haunted house, sort of does that. It sucks itself into its own vortex. Or yeah. Basically, it destroys itself rather than living with the Simpsons. Which is pretty fun. That's pretty that's much what's... what Ballarat has done. Well, what, like, Wendery has done. Decided did not want to live with the Simpsons. Yeah, just went... <laughs> Or the Rayburns in this case, maybe. Mm. No, I've heard the Rayburns are great people. Beautiful people, a wonderful family. Yeah. It definitely sucked them in as well. It wanted them to remain. Loves the Rayburns, by Love, love them. Would you like to thank a few of our great uh, supporters, Boppa? I would love to. I would love to thank from Manchester, I'm guessing, in Great Britain, Matt King. Matt King, well... Obviously, Matt King. What was Matt's town? Burnage in Manchester. Burnage, Manchester has uh, done quite the opposite of Atlantis and it's floated up into the sky. Ooh, so not quite space, just hovering no, in the sky. Hovering in the sky, amongst the clouds. Okay. Sort of fee fi fo fum levels. Oh, yep. Yeah. Okay, that's nice. That's Catch nice. Catch a beanstalk up there. Yeah. Hey, you know, uh, we're talking about 10-gallon hats. I recently learnt from Bill Bryson that uh, they're obviously not 10 gallons big, which is what I always assumed. It was just like the gallon was a measurement. But apparently it's it's um, uh, gallons was something to do with a Spanish word for um, the people who wore those kind of hats or something. There you oh. go. Wait, hang on. Let me Google it. All right. The more you know from Bill. He knows everything, that guy. This is from history.com. It says, Most experts argue that the name 10-gallon hat is actually an import from south of the border. Cattle drivers and ranchers in Texas and the southwest often cross paths with Mexican vaqueros who sported braided hat bands called gallons in Spanish on their sombreros. Oh, so it's not the people. It's the braided headbands? Hat bands? That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know if I fully understand it, but yeah, it's interesting that it's mm. not that it's just a, a word that sounds like another word. <laughs> Is that interesting? That's wordplay, baby. Oh yeah. Is that I a guess, pun? I don't know anymore. <laughs> um, thank you very much to Matt. I would also love to thank from Corinda in Queensland, Australia, Bruce Kelso. Bruce. Oh. Hi, I'm Bruce Kelso from Corinda, Queensland. How do you bloody, bloody do? Bl- bloody good to meet you. Put her there. <laughs> Put it bloody there. How do you bloody, bloody do? Put bloody there. <laughs> hey, if you don't mind, hey. Got that a handshake. That's a bloody wet fish, mate. <laughs> Eye Eyes contact. Eye contact, please. Nice firm handshake. I'm Bruce. Uh, I'm Bruce Kelso. <laughs> Where's uh, Corinda? Where's that ended up? Dave? Uh, what do you reckon? It's been uh, it's been repossessed. The oh. bank has cl- foreclosed it, sucked it all into a bank vault, and unless they make the appropriate payments, they are not getting out. What sort of payments <laughs> are we talking? What's the amount? Uh, it's it's in the hundreds of dollars. <gasps> hundreds of dollars? Yeah, can you believe that? Oh my god, I can't. I can't believe that. So now there's a tent standoff. There's a court case. This thing could go on for years. So honestly, Whoa. but um, Bruce has he set up? I'm just gonna have a word with him. 
He said, he, I'll work <laughs> yeah. as an intermediary here. Yeah. You <laughs> and he, and he went up to the, he went, bank, booby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst drinking a Coke. <laughs> booby, come booby. on. <laughs> It works, it works every time. Yeah, it works every time. He's, an, he's a master negotiator. <laughs> oh, Bruce. Good on, on you, Bruce. Bruce. Once he shakes your hand and you crushes melt, it. You melt you, like butter. You do whatever he asks. Yeah. How do you bloody do? How do you bloody do, Bruce, Bruce Kelso? bloody Kelso here. I think his middle name's Bloody. Um, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much, Bruce. BBK. BBK. Uh, I would also love to thank from San Jose in California. Oh, do you know the way to San Jose is a song, I think. I don't. I think you'd, you'd go to America first. Yeah, that's probably a start. And I Jump guess on like, a plane. Yeah. Go, someone's a- asking you, do you know the way to San Jose? Yeah. Jump on a plane on a to plane. America, specifically California if you can. Yeah. And then, and then just follow the signs. Yeah, I guess like ask a local. Yeah, probably a great place to start because I don't, I don't know. I'm Australian, and you're asking me here in Melbourne, Australia. So I don't know via um, song on the radio. Yeah. I don't even know how to get onto you. Yeah, <laughs> can you even hear me? <laughs> <laughs> um, but from San Jose, California, yeah, I would love to thank Mark, which is written as Mark is most definitely in water. Don't let him tell you otherwise. <laughs> oh well, that feels very appropriate for this episode. <laughs> Mark, are you in a is dome? Is he in Atlantis? <laughs> Mark is most definitely in water. Don't let him tell you otherwise. It's going to be oh, confusing man. on the Christmas card, isn't it? <laughs> What's happening oh, yeah. there? <laughs> with, with the Christmas cards, by the way, Jess, what, do we have a, new, a deadline for when people are needed to... The 5th. Yep. The 5th. Okay, so that's like tomorrow or something. It's this Friday, people. Two days. Two days from when this episode comes out. If you're keen to get on, sign up at the shout-out level or above and you will get get a Christmas card this year. Yeah, we'll send that to you anywhere in the world uh, as long as you give us your address. Some people forget that bit. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Mark. All right, Dave, do you want to bring it home? Well, where's Mark? Well, I just assumed it in Atlantis, but it has to be somewhere else. Yeah, but is he? He's telling us he's in water, so that's a big clue. He's not in Lake Wendaree because that's already chock full of Ballarat. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the bottom of the sea, the Atlantic Ocean. Maybe he's in a different ocean. Pacific? Could he be in the Pacific? He could Whoa. be in the Pacific Ocean. Honestly, statistically, yes. Yes, I think that's also where Mew might be. So he might be down there with Mew. Oh wow! Mew and San Jose on the bottom. Of the or what? But what is the what's the Californian coast? What sea is that, or what ocean is that, Dave? Well, that's the Pacific Ocean. Well, that works out perfectly well. Yes, Bob, <laughs> you nailed that. Nailed it. I'm the best. <laughs> I knew it, obviously. <laughs> that and that's why the East Coast is the Atlantic. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 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 Which Again, I also knew. knew it. See, knew we're it. really good at geology. Hailing <laughs> it. All right, on your mark, stay wet. All right, now coming up now from me, I'd love to thank from Corinda in. Sorry, this is appropriate, Matt. Now coming up from me, I would love to thank from Ferryden Park in South Australia. Sounds beautiful. And that is Stephanie Foran or Stephanie Foran. 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 Stephanie Foran. Foran. 
Ferryden Park. I mean, that's that's got a, a real wetness to it as well. Don't <laughs> don't pay the ferry, Dan. That's a uh, song that I'm sure I brought up to you guys before. He's, <laughs> it's the other hit by the Lady in Red guy. Oh, Chris DeBerg. Chris DeBerg. <laughs> oh, well, actually, you know what's amazing? Stephanie Foreign and Ferryden Park has actually been. Um, transported uh, to Christaberg's estate. Oh, Whoa. my God. Which is very big. All Whoa. of Ferryden. That's how big his estate is. That lady in red track really, and to a lesser extent, the ferryman song has uh, really <laughs> paid, paid, paid out big. Chris invested in Invested in land. Chris DeBerg. What a name. What a name. Fuck, that's a good name. Chris DeBerg. That's very good. Which, which is a much better name than the lady in red guy, which... He's also known as um, Anya de Berg. I mean, uh, Stephanie Ferran. <laughs> I would love to also thank from Oxford in Great Britain, Nick Fidian. Nick Fidian has been there. Um, the town of Oxford has actually been, uh, it's, it's lost in Hobbiton. Oh, whoa. whoa. So we've got Fidian in Hobbiton. Yeah. Love Nick that. Fidian sounds like he would just be able to slip right into Hobbit and no one's go looking doing double takes when he introduces John, himself. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Nick Fidian? That's not a very hobbity kind of name. Do they have hobbity names? Yeah. Hippity hobbity. Frodo and Yes, that's Sam, those guys. You know, hibbity hobbity names. Yeah, John Nick. 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 Mary. Nick Fidian, yeah. Very hobbity. Um a beautiful name too, beautiful. I should say, Nick. That's what I mean by hobbity. <laughs> yeah, we're not saying anything. That, you're not saying you got weird hairy feet. We're I'm saying, not saying that. We're saying you fit in with uh, the caring community spirit of Hobbiton. Yeah. yeah, love it. It's a good thing. And my act, <laughs> which is another part of that film series, I believe. That's the second you- episode. Our uh, second reference on this episode to that. There you go. You well, have actually gotten better at the impression somehow. <laughs> and I don't think you've watched the movie to do so. You've just gotten better. <laughs> Sometimes people say I look like that guy. I can never remember his name. It's giblets or whatever. <laughs> and he... And my axe. <laughs> Very funny character. Very funny stuff. I assume. I assume he's the, he's the, the one you laugh at. Yeah, he's the comedic he's the comic relief. relief. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So thanks, Nick Fiddy. And finally, from Huntsville, Alabama, a oh, place where I'm Alabama. sure they've got a McDonald's. I would love to thank Brady McDonoughue. That's Ooh. why I'm sure there's a McDonald's. We got a McDonoughue. I think you're adding a hue there. I think it's just McDonough. Oh, McDonoughue? Oh, is that how you pronounce that? No, I've got no idea. <laughs> Jess, we need a casting vote. Can you see... Now I'm too. I'm in my head about it. Isn't that, isn't that the same name as the the Big Brother guy who went on to Neighbours? That Blair was Madonna? Blair. That was Blair. McDonough. McDonald, I think. Oh, I don't know what. Oh my god! I'm googling. I mean, it. You are absolutely right, Matt. You are absolutely right. It is Blair McDonough. You or McDonough? It's Blair um, McDonough. Yeah, we get. I mean. Some of these uh, British and Scottish names, uh, you know, they stuff us up sometimes. Hertfordshire. 
doesn't look like that. I don't know how to spell it. Don't ask me. <laughs> don't know but, why it came to my mind. But uh, Brady from Alabama. I've said your name a few na- ways there. Hopefully we got it some way. But Brady, where is Huntsville, Alabama gone? Where? where well, I mean, there, isn't Alabama already in the deep south? Yeah, so, so we, it's going to go somewhere. north from there. I think it's going to have to go north. <gasps> the North Pole? North Pole is what I'm thinking, yes. <laughs> Whoa. Can't get much more north than that. Really can't. You try to go north from there, and it's just like, no. Oh, hang you on. Can't. I'm you going south. In on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Brady, Nick, Stephanie, Mark, Bruce, Bruce, Matt, <laughs> Justin, David, and Mikel. Uh, the last thing we got to do is welcome some people into the Triptych Club. Uh, Jess, can you explain briefly? I'm never that good at explaining what it is. What is the Triptych Club? Triptych Club is for people who have uh, supported Do Go On for three consecutive years. Uh, and it is an exclusive, but not in a dickish way, club where uh, our supporters can come. They can hang out. It's got everything you need. Uh, I haven't mentioned them for a while. There's little sleeping pods out the back if you need a little nap. We've got a bar. We've got a full kitchen. We've got a dance floor. Uh, Dave books a band every every week and essentially how it happens is Matt is standing at the door he's got he's lifting up the velvet rope he's checking off the list uh, he lets you in I make you a drink Dave arranges the band and then we just we just celebrate you yeah you know? it's like a it's a club slash hall of fame slash hangout zone exactly right yeah um, that's right so Jess you normally have a a, a cocktail uh that has something to do with the topic we just discussed? Yeah. Well, you remember um, Frog in a Pond? Yes. So it would be like a chocolate frog inside a cup of jelly. This is um, Atlantis in the Ocean. <laughs> and it is a fishbowl. And I've put little mini uh, models of Atlantis made out of fruit at the bottom of the fishbowl. And then it's got... Like a jelly shot. It's like alcoholic jelly on top. Um, and you can have one of these Atlantis in the ocean for just the low, low price of sixty nine ninety five. Wow. Great. That's a nice price. <laughs> We've never charged for a cocktail before, but that's how expensive the overheads These ones, are, I, they are, I must stress, they are quite large fish bowls. Okay. Um, I am running at a loss, so I am <laughs> going to need people to cover some of that cost. And Dave, who's the band you've booked? I've actually booked a mini festival, if you're okay with it. Yeah, sure. Uh, we're going to be opening with Lower Than Atlantis, an English rock band, mm-hmm. uh, from actually, you wouldn't believe it, from Hertfordshire. Um, Whoa. <laughs> why did that come to mind before? Hertfordshire, I believe they wanted me to say. Oh, right. That's they're, why. I said it wrong. Lower Than Atlantis are opening for Visions of Atlantis, but the headline act is simply Atlantis. Ah, a 70s I, band. I really wish you would have run this festival idea past me before I spent so much money on fish bowls because I don't know how we're going to keep things going. Uh-oh. Um, how, how quick are you at turning over these cocktails, Jess? I, I, I can have, see a big line banking I up already. I have pre-made a lot of them because oh, okay. obviously jelly has to set. You're not just drinking the jelly juice, are you? So I have pre-made a lot of them. They are limited. Um... But I've made one for everyone. So if there's people who don't want one, you like don't like jelly, then you know you can come back for seconds. But let's just go for like one at a time, and then and then assess. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna now welcome in four names this week. I'm gonna shout them out. I'm gonna 
welcome you in then Dave's going to hype you up. You're going to come into this club feeling good. Mm. Jess will then uh, give Dave a bit of positive feedback because Dave needs it. He runs on positive feedback. Thank All you. Right, so you. Everyone ready? Here yes. we go. I think you'll recognize his first name, Dave, from Melbourne in Australia. It's Tom Mitchell. Well, also known as the lead singer of Weed Hunter. Tom Mitchell, you make me feel Tom Ritchell oh, having you in my life. Oh, <laughs> rich legend. with friendship. Yeah, yeah. Hell Woo. yeah. Also, uh, shout out to Weed Hornet. Who cares? No one cares no more. That was one of our songs. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> Who cares? No one cares no more? Yeah. <laughs> That's Ooh. a long name. Love I it. I love that. <laughs> love that, Dave. Look at this face. Love that. Oh, love it. Love. Maybe one day Weed Hornet can play in the Triptych Club. We'll find out. Whoa. From Bryant's then in Great Britain, it's Jack Evans. Ooh, I'm not in Jack Evans. I'm in Jack Heavens. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Speaking of not being able to pronounce British place names, I'm confident I haven't got that one right. Uh, from I reckon I can do this one, though. From London in Great Britain, it's Patrick Weller. Ooh, more like Patrick Heller. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Patrick. And, not, and you don't live in London. You live in Funden. Ooh. And finally, uh, from I believe this is the man who uh, edited our tra- travel tour video. Yes. Uh, I don't think I even realised you were a patron, you goddamn legend. From Cinnamon Son, New Jersey in the United States, it's John Machicon. Ooh, John, John. Machicon. More more like John Macha Bobon. Ooh, <laughs> callback. It's a callback. Hell yeah. From four years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's one for the year. Uh, the sweetest callback. The long term. Still funny. Could be John Machicon. We've never spoken. In I've only ever read his name. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, John. You bloody legend, John, Patrick, Jack, and Tom. Jeez, that's a what a list. A real, real wildly diverse list of names there. Thank you so much all for your support <laughs> and welcome into the Triptage Club. Uh, and that's all we really need to do. Uh, Jess, anything to say before we go? I just want to say that I love you, and you know I hope you're doing well. And um, call me. Any, sorry, anything to the listeners. That was all to them. <laughs> oh. Okay. To you, Matt, I want to say I love you. <laughs> I hope you're doing well. And, hey, call me. Okay. I'll get on the blower. I know we're talking what? right now. Let's keep this party going. <laughs> Post pod, let's chat. Can I get your, your digits? No. <laughs> Just mash your hand into the phone. Eventually, statistically, if you try that for long enough, you're going to get me. Okay. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> all right, Dave, boot this baby home. Hey, for all your do-go-on needs, you can, of course, hit up dogoonpod.com, which I assume, like me, is your homepage. <laughs> Check it out. Remember homepages, dogoonpod.com. <laughs> we can support the show, buy merchandise, email us, find links to our Facebook, Instagram, our Twitter, at dogoonpod. We're constantly posting about the show and other things related to it so if you want to follow us we'd love that Mm. but uh apart from that i'll say thank you so much we'll be back next week with another block tastic episode holy shit are we down to the top three we're down to top three can you believe that it's only getting more and more block tastic but until then i'll say thank you so much and goodbye later bye
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.